What's up, everyone? Today's guest is a man named Ryan Winger. Ryan is a Southern California surfer bro who came up in the 80s and 90s as part of that California outlaw surfing community. Surfers are very tribal by nature. We weren't definitely weren't welcoming to guys from Orange County, Huntington Beach coming up and surfing our area, you know. He surfed all over the world, including Australia, where in the late 90s and early 2000s, he started a Los Angeles to Sydney cocaine smuggling operation that made millions of dollars. I left the money for a full brick. A few weeks later, uh, he flew down there and it, it, it went you know, smooth as silk. This guy was the real deal. He had couriers, other surfing bros, who would tape kilos to their body and walk through the x-ray machines at LAX. He had people working for the airlines in Australia who would take the kilos out of the airplane and get them through customs. You want to go to a designated bathroom in the back of the plane, unstrap it from your body, stick it in the trash can, boom, you walk out of there, your job's done. The plane lands in Sydney. These guys are on the plane, going into that trash can, grabbing the Coke, stashing it into a food trolley that they're already removing right. from the plane. And that cocaine is off the plane before you are. He made millions of dollars and he ended up taking a fall and spending four years inside of an Australian prison. He's like, Mr. Winger, nice to finally meet you. I've been listening to your phone calls for years. Today, he's a free man, sober, and he still continues to surf all over the world. And he's here to tell us exactly about how all of that went down. What's the difference between us and rock stars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're chasing chicks, drugs, and surfing. I mean, take out the rock and roll, it was just surfing. It was a, definitely a rock and roll lifestyle. This is a killer interview. You're gonna love this one. You're watching The Connect with Johnny Mitchell. Still have the mindset of a little kid that, like that same little kid that started surfing in Venice. I still have that hunger the surf, the action's just different now. That's when I see the lights behind me start to flash. And I didn't even think, I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. Then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, shanks, like six inches. And then he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. All right, Ryan Winger, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, I just got back from a big surf trip to uh, Indonesia. Yeah. And getting, getting acclimated back to this Southern California weather. and So you've never put that away. You've always been a surfer. Always been a surfer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the moment I started when I was about, you know, eight, nine years old yeah. in Venice Beach, it, it hooked me right off the bat. You're a quintessential Southern California surfer boy. I can hear it in your accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like what we dreamed about, like as like a white boy Californian, like the stereotype. That's that's you a little bit. You yeah, know, I guess so. Yeah. Except I, I lost the blonde hair some at some point. Did you have the life. long locks? Did you yeah. have the long hair past yeah, your past the, your ears? I had the shit? blonde hair. And, yeah. And, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know. I got older and I just I missed that blonde hair. You know. Yeah. And, I know. And, uh, yeah. I hear you. Don't yeah. we all, man? <laughs> Did uh? So you grew. You basically went to high school in Ventura. You're from. You're born in L.A., raised in Venice, but then yeah. you, you guys relocated to Ventura. Yeah. Uh, my parents split up when I was pretty young. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I surfing first took hold of me in Venice. Yeah. And uh, my family. I moved with my mom from Venice to, out to Upland in the Inland Empire. Yeah, proper and, shithole. And yeah, and uh, my dad at the time was living in Ventura 
on a sailboat and I would get shuttled back and forth. And after one year in Upland, I told my mom, I said, I got, I can't do it out yeah. here. And I moved with my dad full time in Ventura. That was in seventh grade. All right. So you've and been uh, there basically ever since. Ever since. So how does Ventura stack up in terms of like surfing culture, you know, compared to like San Diego to Orange County, all the way up to like San Francisco, like everybody, you know, has different like surfing uh, clicks. How does that rank? Ventura definitely has produced some of the top, most world-class surfers in the world. Really? Vent Ventura, I'll say the Ventura, Santa Barbara area they, yeah. with the, the 805 area code. Yeah. All these guys who are world-class surfers. You okay. Know. And that's, and Ventura, the, the 805 has produced them. Yes. And is that because the waves are better or the culture is more, you guys are harder, you know, hardworking? Like um, what is the, you know, Ventura is a, is a blue collar town. Yeah. You know, it used to totally. be when I was growing up, it was known as Bakersfield by the sea. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, you know, as most places in, in California, it's starting to get gentrified a right, bit, you know, right. and it's kind of is losing that, that edge it had sure. when I was growing up right. there in the eighties. But uh, I imagine that produced hard men, yeah. and hard working young surfers too. Yeah. And, uh, it was very definitely, there's, uh, uh, it was very localized and yeah. uh, surfers are very tribal by nature. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, you could grow up in Ventura surfing some of the local breaks in Ventura, but you may not be welcome at a, at a spot just three miles down the road and at Silver Strand Beach in Oxnard, where it was very localized there. Locals only, man. <laughs> you ever hear that? Isn't that what they uh, scream? Yeah, you know, I'm you just thinking of Point Break. I have all my surfing knowledge from uh, Keanu Reeves' best movie. Yeah, that's a, it's, it, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Would you, but would you guys beef with other beaches? Semi, it was more just, you know, like, uh, a good fun. Yeah. It was all in good fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually we, as growing up, we actually, uh, became pretty good friends with a lot of the kids from Oxnard and, right. uh, we kind of united and some of those guys became some of my best friends and still are today, yeah. you know? And, uh, but there was definitely like, you know, there's, there's a rivalry, right? So yeah. but you guys definitely compared to all of the other coastal California surfing communities, you guys are the grimiest for sure. You guys are the the blue collar ones. You're not San Diego. You're not Orange County. Oh, you're definitely not Half Moon Bay. And you know the rich kids up in Monterey. Yeah, you um, know, you know everywhere. You know surfers. You know Santa Cruz is a pretty. You know I I know it's blowing up there a lot, but they're they're, they're Santa pretty Cruz was grimy back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, it's grimy. You yeah, know? yeah. Ventura definitely uh, wasn't as. Uh, they, we, we weren't you guys were private school kids. Yeah, we Let's, weren't the your most. Your dad grew up on a boat. Yeah, you know? we weren't the most popular area to surf in. We weren't very. Right. We weren't definitely weren't welcoming to guys from Orange County, right. Huntington Beach, right. coming up and surfing our, our area. Makes sense. Know? Makes sense. And so your father grew up on a boat. Yeah, he didn't grow up on a boat, but he but was he lived living a on boat. a boat when right. I when I went to live with him. Yeah. Okay, great. So this this is already making a lot of sense, and I'm not even a therapist, you know. But <laughs> I, I so you you know you're you're from a divorced family. Now you're growing up, your dad is on a boat. He's, you're probably not supervised a lot of the time. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely, uh, you know, uh, my dad worked hard. He worked in, uh, he commuted every day to Hollywood. He worked in the movie industry. He was a grip. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, there was, and they worked, you know, big, of big course, hours, of course. you know, yeah, so those I was, guys are... you know, I'd wake up in the morning and my dad was gone. So I yeah. make a decision whether or not I was going, 
on my own, whether or not I was going to school that yeah, day. Of course. And, uh, you know, uh, and my dad wouldn't get home till 10 o'clock at night, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I was unsupervised quite a bit. Yeah. So did you get into like selling pot, like all the kids like in high school or uh, how did it, how yeah, did it, there was yeah, moving little bits here and there, you know, some of the guys I looked up to the most at the beach, you know, the older surfers, uh, they, they, they sold pot and did whatever grew pot and yeah. did things like that where, you know, they were, their little hustles to, yeah. you know, surfers by nature, we're not saying we're lazy, but you know, we let the lifestyle, right. you want to, you want to be on the waves when the waves are good. And, uh, you know, so to be able to afford that lifestyle without working, you know, you're going to be doing little things of on course. the side. Yeah. You know, to well, that's what you're saying off the podcast. It's a lot surfer clicks. They remind me of motorcycle gangs in that the money is secondary to the lifestyle Definitely. and the identity and the freedom, Definitely. you know, like, uh, the Mongol biker gang, uh, most of the time they're just, they like cruising. They just right. want to have the freedom, uh, of a, you know, a 50 man biker posse. And it, those things are terrifying. Right? right. And they're, and they're going from Bakersfield to Fresno yeah. and nobody can stop them. Like it's very right. much, you know, that's what gives them juice, you know? Right. Right. Uh, and they fund that through criminality. So I think maybe right. surfing, uh, surfer communities could be the same way. Yeah. We were more like, like some like group of friends. We were, it was more like little crimes of opportunity. Like yeah. I remember once we, this is back in the early nineties and we, uh, a friend of mine, uh, through somebody, I don't want to give away too much, but we ended up with like a box full of, uh, food stamps. And this is back when the food stamps were food actually, stamps, yeah. yeah, they actually look like monopoly money yeah. almost. <laughs> and, uh, we were, we were selling those for like 60 cents on the dollar. We they you know, the different people that we yeah. knew. And next thing yeah. you know, we're, we're at this little Indian market in Ventura in a shady part of Ventura. And the, the owner of the market, this Indian guy, he's buying them off us for like 60, 70 yeah. cents on the dollar. We're selling them a thousand at a time. Yeah. And oh, wow. And we're, that's not bad. Yeah. And we're like, we're like 16 years old. There's 600 you know? bucks. Yeah. yeah so we were stoked. Yeah. You know? Like those were like our little, yeah, our little, you know, Anytime there was like an opportunity to make money, we didn't care about the consequences. We were all over That's it. That's the hustle. You know? That's yeah, the hustle. It was the hustle, you know? So it was inbred. It was, I don't know if it was inbred in me, but it was just like, I loved the, I loved the action. Yeah. I yeah. loved the action. And then the money that came along with it was okay. It was just it's exciting. You know, it's exciting. You're, you're, you know? so you're getting excitement on the waves. You're getting excitement, you yeah. know, funding, how you fund getting on the waves. Yes. Did you guys have like old ladies? Like, do you guys have, uh, like groupies the way that, you know, bikers have, uh, have their you old know, ladies? There's always a little surfer chicks at the, that want to hang out with the surfer yeah. boys, you know? And, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. Just like there's the chicks that were gravitate to the jocks, you yeah. know? And yeah. so, yeah, there was the, there was always the girls, you know, around yeah. and, um, yeah, you know, I not saying I was like super, super like popular with all yeah. of them, but there was always girls around yeah. and we had our little posse of girls yeah. that like to hang out with the, right. with us, you know, right. I had my little crew of dudes, you know, and it was, it was fun. All right, you guys, let's take a minute to thank our amazing sponsor for today's show. If you're a fan, you already know what it is. Mood Delta eight and Delta nine products. You guys go over to hellomood.co right now to get an array of all of the best Delta eight and Delta nine products. Look, Look, we got a, a Rice Krispie treat made with like some kind of uh, delicious cereal. We got uh, edibles of all kinds, cookies, and of course, incredible gummies. 
You guys, they are the best Delta 8 and Delta 9 products company on the market right now. You already know this. Go over to hellomood.co right now and use promo code CONNECT20 to get 20% off everything and anything on their website. And of course, if you want a free pack of gummies, use that promo code CONNECTFREE. All you got to do is pay for the shipping. They will ship you a free pack of gummies. Support them because they support us. Hellomood.co to get all of the best Delta 8 and Delta 9 products on the market. All right, let's get back into the episode. How did it elevate? How did it go from like, you know, um, moonlighting as, you know, a small time pot dealer, a petty hustler, thief, whatever it was. Right. How did that uh, graduate to uh, bigger time, you know, cocaine selling? Well, I'll tell you, my uh, my best friend, uh, uh, he won't mind me dropping his name, uh, Jesse. He actually got accepted to go to uh, uh it was a, a Cal State Chico up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was going to college. And I don't know if you know where Chico is. It's I've been little, to Chico. Yeah, yeah it's a little it's farm way town. up there. And yeah. it's, it's to the right, not the left of the I-5. That, right. that means you're exactly. going deep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he was going there and he realized that there was a market. There's all these college kids who got mm-hmm. a, lots of money, pa- yeah. parents' money, scholarship money, grant money, and credit cards and, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, there was a market for cocaine there. Right. And next thing you know, we're, you know, he's, we're taking cocaine up to, to Chico yeah. and it started out with an ounce, a couple mm-hmm. ounces. And next thing you know, we're driving up like 10 ounces and yeah. then maybe like a pound. It never got more than that. It was usually about 10 ounces. Right. And I was driving up there quite regularly. He was going to school. I was driving up there. Who, were, who was your connect? Who were you buying from? Uh, I had a friend. Uh, he was just a friend from high school and he moved quite a bit and who he got it from. I'm not sure, but it was pretty good quality. Yeah. Um, and we were driving it up there. So you weren't picking up from, you weren't buying from like uh, Mexican connected guys. No, but I'm pretty sure my friend that I was getting it from, right. I'm pretty sure he, he was. Gotcha. Um, and what could you make off of selling your friend at Chico uh, 10 ounces? Well, I was. What kind of profit could you make per ounce? Well, we and him were. See, back then, see, this is in like 1994, 95. So it was a long time ago. And we were probably turning. I'm going to say that we're getting our ounces for back then for about $700, you know, somewhere in that range. Long time ago. You know, probably turning it into like maybe doubling our money, you know, make. $1,500 $1,500 you per know, ounce wholesale. Per ounce. That's yeah, how much you just, we, well, we weren't selling them ounces. We're grams and, and eight balls and teeners. So you would take 10 ounces up there and you oh, would yeah. leave until you would sell oh, yeah. it all and it out. Would sell like that. Oh, gotcha. We would, sell, we would sell it over a weekend. Oh, usually. so I thought you were dumping it off to somebody else wholesale. No, no, oh, I, interesting. Was, I was helping him and, oh, wow. you know, and, and up there, there was, uh, I remember the first time I went up there with him, uh, or I went up there to see him and I took like maybe it, one or two ounces. I can't remember how much, but it was a small amount, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that was gone the first night. So you must have had good Coke. It was good. Cause, Coke. Cause when you take good Coke to a small market, chances yeah. are you have the best product. Yeah. It's kind of like what I did in Eugene, Oregon. I went right. to school at the university of Oregon. Right. And I got plugged in with my weed, uh, suppliers, these Mexican yeah. guys, yeah. and they all had a bunch of heroin and cocaine 
lying right. around. So right, right. when I got dialed in with them, that's when it just like yeah. couldn't sell fast enough because right. everybody else had garbage, you know. Right, right. No competition. Yeah. Well, so we'd get up, get up there and, you know, it would sell the first night. We'd go to all these little frat houses. There was this one street I remember and it had like a few frat houses and it was, we we're just going back and forth to go to this one and it had like grams and teeners and that. Yeah, yeah. And these college kids, they think they're so smart, you know, and they would, we'd sell them a gram and then they'd call back, they'd call up like two hours later, same guys, want another gram. Two hours after that, they're calling for another gram. We're like, why didn't this guy just buy an eight ball? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And uh Well, that's how that's the nature of cocaine. You think you only need one. I know, <laughs> I know, right? But we never told them that. You know, yeah. we were making more money selling it just as a gram. Yeah. You know, and they weren't even always a gram. Maybe if we didn't like the guy, if it was a it was a good guy we liked, you know, he we get a full gram. But some of these guys we might sell it might be like a little under 0. 0.7 right. or 0. 0.8. Right. You know, so and you're making thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. moving, you know, these packs, these these nine quarter keys basically. Yes. Uh to college keys kids. Oh, how old are you at this point? Uh, 21, 22 years yeah. old. Okay, yeah. Okay. So you got a good trade. Yeah. And then what are you doing with your money? Uh, back then, uh, it was, uh, going on surf trips. I went right around this time. I went on one of my first surf overseas surf trips, uh, by, by myself, uh, to Indonesia. Nice. And, uh, yeah, just things like that, you know, going to Mexico, surf yeah. trips. It was all, it was all to fund the lifestyle. Yes, you know? I didn't, course. I wasn't buying cars. Yeah. You, you're not materialistic. You don't yeah. strike me as that kind of guy. No, kind of like me. You, you need the freedom more than anything. Yeah. It was all definitely for the lifestyle. Money's just know? freedom. In many ways, that's, you're doing exactly what money is intended to do. Like people should use money that way. It's just a right. tool to free yourself from, you know, the doldrums of having to work a nine to five job. Yes. That's you know? a, That's very much what it yeah, was. You're like ski bums. I met yeah. a million guys on the mountain that, you know, sold drugs just so they could live at the, you know, live in a cabin and right. go snowboarding right. half yeah. the year. I know guys like that. Yeah. You know, that yeah. their thing was snowboarding, you know, a couple of guys I know, they dedicated their lives to mm -hmm. snowboarding. They moved to Jackson Hole, uh, Wyoming. Yeah. And they did years there, you know, yeah. and, uh, and they, they funded, you know, their lifestyle by harvest season. They were yep, in Northern, exactly. Cal Northern California yep. trimming and taking bud back to Jackson hole and selling it there. You know, and I met and actually used to re up from, I had, I had several different, when I was hustling, I had several different connects and one of my connects, one of my re ups was a group of surfers from Oregon and I mean, these guys just had it on lock. They were growing and moving right. thousands of pounds a year, like yeah. high grade, right, really right. like expensive yeah. bud. And, uh, after, you know, they sold out probably like January by, you know, harvest in October by January, all the packs are gone. They've made hundreds of thousands of dollars. They would just yeah. pick up and go to Belize wow. and just surf half the year. Wow. You know, so yeah. it's a, it's a common thing what you're getting into, but right. you're, you're a little heavy. You're selling Coke now. So yeah. stakes are high. Yes. When's the first time you went to Australia? Tell me about okay. how you got hooked up in Oz. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a good friend of mine. Uh, I met my friend Wayne yep. and he Wayno. was Wayno, and yeah. he is from Australia. Can you tell us who Wayno is? Cause he's kind of, uh, he's known down there. Yes, he is. He's a, uh, he's very well known. <laughs> and, uh, he's a character. Uh, he's even a more hardcore surfer than me probably, you know, yeah. uh, he, he's like a big kid. He surfs some of the most challenging waves 
on the planet. You know, he, his, I, I, I definitely know my limits. He's like a guy that whose limit is, he's, he's set the bar for charging uh, waves a bit higher than me. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, so I met, actually, I met him in Ventura when I was probably about 16 years old and he had already been traveling and surfing. And he heard about Ventura. So yeah, he wanted well, he to come check he, it out. He didn't. Well, yeah, he, he met some guys, some older guys that I knew from the beach and Ventura guys, uh, that I think he met them in Indonesia and they told him, you know, come to Ventura. And he was staying with a good friend of, uh, of, of ours, of my family, uh, this guy, Tim, and Tim used to do work on my dad's boat. And, uh, you know, Tim was quite a few years older than all of us, even Wayne, Wayne's around my age. And, um, Tim, uh, introduced Wayne to all the kids, the surfer kids in the area, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we all took a liking to him right away. Uh, and I stayed in touch with Wayne and he told me, you know, uh, ever in Australia, you want to come to Australia, mm -hmm. you got a couple right. places to stay. And did he know you were selling Coke? Did he know um, about at that the time, I don't know. He, he knew that he knew where we were up to, but he, you know, he was far away in Australia at the time, you know, and yeah. I, I, I'm not one to advertise what I was right. doing to anybody, you know? And, uh, but you know, I'm sure, uh, so like getting back to my first trip overseas, I went to Indonesia, uh, and then I went to, uh, on that same trip, I flew down to Australia and I met up with Wayne again. Okay. Gotcha. And, uh, we, yeah, it's, kind of told him, you know, yeah, catching up on life, telling him what we were doing, you yeah. know, that, you know, he, I told him that, you know, me and Jesse, he, yeah. knew, he knew Jesse and what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's so, it was so long ago. I can't remember the exact details of what we talked about, but I'm sure it was mentioned that this is how yeah. the, the trip was funded. Sure. And, uh, you know, and, and he's right up there, you know, he's doing the same sort of stuff, you know, really? back home in Sydney. Got so he know? was already involved in that. Oh yeah. He's definitely, definitely in the lifestyle. Gotcha. You know, most, a lot of traveling surfers, especially, uh, there's an know. understanding. Yeah. A, it's not so far fetched to be like, yeah, you know, I'm into a little bit of this yeah. and a little bit of that. It's not frowned upon. No, no. And it's, it's just what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. Some, some of us, that's just what some of us do. You so know? when did you find out was it on that trip that you found out what a gram of Coke goes for in Australia? Uh, it probably was on that trip. Yeah. And, uh, it, what was it going for back at the then time? It was like 200 Australian dollars. And this is what year? This is like in the mid nineties. This okay. is like mid 95, 96. So what is 200 Australian? What is that? Back American? Then, what? Well, yeah. What American? Well, back what then? it is today, it's about 150. Okay. So that's cheap. Cause it's, it's doubled in price today. Like a gram goes for about, 300. I mean, you would know better than I in do. Australia. But I, yeah. Oh, I, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. then depending on where in Australia, uh, I know like in Sydney, uh, you know, you, you're paying, you can pay easily 300, $350 a gram, <laughs> depending on what the, the, the market's like right. at that time. Now, how, why how flooded is it? Or why would it? Cause no, but I think it's way more flooded now, but I don't understand economics, I guess. Like why would the Coke price be higher when there is more supply these days, maybe because it's harder to get in. I, I don't know. I don't, you know, Australia's got, the, there's only like, you know, there's only like seven major cities in, in, right. in Australia, right. you know, Sydney, <clears throat> yeah. Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth. Yeah. And you go, you, what about Perth? That's Perth. all. I had a buddy from Perth in college. That's all the way on the furthest Western yeah, on the tip 
On the Indian Ocean. On the Indian Ocean. I, I imagine uh, grams are even higher out there. I've heard that it is higher out there, yeah. you know, like uh, $400 a gram. Because how do you get it there? I mean, yeah. it's got to be like, uh, I don't know, what what is it to drive from Sydney across the country? Like, uh, it's oh, got to yeah. take days, right? Yeah, it would take days. And it's some of the most brutal uh, climate you could right. ever. It's desert. Right. It's like desert. driving through Arizona in August or something. Yeah, like but that. imagine, yeah, like six days of that or something. Oh, you know, my it's God. like, and there's nothing in between. Do they have like, do they have an international highway? There, there's a highway. It's called the Nullabar that, that does go from, uh, I think it, it, you know, this highway starts like in Melbourne, Australia, right. goes through Adelaide and right. it ends up in uh, Perth. But there's a stretch there where it is like you're going to go like, uh, you know, 100 miles without seeing a gas station. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So you you got to be geared up in the, I've, you got to gas up even when you you're not gas low. Up when you, you see a gas station, you better just top it off. Yeah. And you got to have like, uh, Days worth of, of water, water, water with yeah, you because you, yeah. you break down. I don't. I don't. Ah, you're fucked. Yeah, you know, and die no, in there. Die no out phone there. signals out right. there either. You know, so wow. yeah, it is wow. gnarly. So, but the main ports of entry, I imagine, for uh, cocaine going into Australia would be on the east coast of Australia, right. being Sydney. Right. Uh, you know, Sydney probably the number one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Melbourne. I'm sure that's yeah. a big. That's a big port city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, the cheap, the prices are going to be cheaper, cheaper compared to the other parts right, of Australia, right. but yeah, still th- Sydney, like $300 a gram yeah. at least. Wow. Know, so, at least. But, but back in the nineties, for some reason, maybe the quality of Coke was lower. I've heard the quality is still shit. I've heard. Cause yeah. when, when, if you actually can get a, a load all the way down to Australia, the dealers yeah. just step on it and step oh, on it. Yeah. It's just a stretch because you don't know when the next shipment is coming in. No. And you know, and that's, what's funny that you say, we, we would, we used to call it uh 21 jump street. by How many times it <laughs> yeah, ju- exactly. jumped on before, bam, 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 bam. before somebody would get, get their hands on <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. But you know, it's every once in a while you, you could get, you know, you right. might luck yourself into a, a pretty good, you know, a, decent quality gram like that you you know could get around yeah. here so and it's then, 1996 okay and you look around and you're like wow 200 bucks a gram that's yes. that's wild that's like oh a one and a half times two times what it what it goes for in la right did was that a light bulb moment yeah it definitely was and uh wayne uh he had already had a little something going uh, mm-hmm. he had an uncle that worked at the airport Right. Um, the Sydney airport. Yes. Gotcha. And so, and you know, I think in telling him about what I was doing in uh, California, you know, with, uh, it was, it was, what like, did his uncle do at the airport? Uh, he worked for a, uh, the food catering, uh, company, uh, called gate gourmet. Right. And gate gourmet, you'll see him like at LAX, you'll see him that they're, they're worldwide. And uh, they, they're the ones that uh, drive the food up to the plane. Yeah. Like, you know, that are on the trolleys, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they push up and down the aisles. And uh, basically his job was like putting the, uh, the like tro- restocking, restocking the plane right. and, uh, you know, removing that when the plane arrives, right. removing the, the empty trolleys. Right. And uh, yeah. So he had access to these planes. Right. Got So he could, he could get onto the plane. He, he had clearance in the airport, yes. obviously, yes. as an employee, and then he yes. had access to the airplanes. Yes, yes, right. yes. And d- did was he able to? I wonder how he was able to manipulate uh, which planes he got to service. Like you know, he he works for Gate Gourmet. 
he knows an American Airlines flights coming in from LA. Is he able, like, was he able to decide? Like, he, was he a manager? Like, yeah, how was he I able think, to get access to that was, particular I think play? he was pretty higher up, one of the higher ups there. Right. I don't know. I never, like, plugged his brain about right, it, you right. know? I just was like, you know, uh, for me, in my life, like, the less questions I ask, the better. Some sure. things I don't need to know. Yeah. Uh, but I imagine that that was... He, I think he was one of the higher ups, so he can manipulate. And I know he had a couple guys because they actually wound up getting arrested with all of us in the end. Right, get to that later. But so he had a couple people with Gay Gourmet working with him. Yeah, he wasn't a solo act there. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's kind of got a little. He's got an in. Yes. Wayno's got an in at this point. Right. Uh, Is he already been moving product from the states or South America, or has Uh, he just been retailing it? Uh, yeah, getting it from somebody else. A bit else. of both. He had a guy, um, and when I first met him, he or didn't not when I first met when I first went to visit him in Australia, yeah. he was actually out on bail for uh an import that he had really nothing to do with. Somebody at kind of freelancing uh got caught bringing a kilo of cocaine into Australia, mm-hmm. tried to set Wayne up for uh the take the fall with them. Yeah. And, uh, and Wayne, Wayne actually went to trial on it and got found not guilty. And beat it. Wow. Beat it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So he's already moving. He's already kind of on the radar. Uh, yes. this is a life that he's about. Right. So you guys make that connection. Right. There's that kinship there. Yes. Um, when is the first time you actually made a move and how, how, how did you decide like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. What happened, he got found not guilty, and uh, that was in 97. Mm-hmm. You know, I first went there in 96, and then I came back again in 97, and he was on, this is when his trial was going on. Yeah. And uh, he got found not guilty. We celebrated by going on a trip to Bali, and uh, next thing you know, uh, less than a year of after that trip, he was six, eight months later, he mm-hmm. was, he was flying over to Ventura. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, he, he told me about, you know, the, the airport, his uncle at the mm-hmm. airport, mm-hmm. and then we could do this and we can get it in. Uh, and, uh, so I, I had some money saved. Right. He from, was, from your dealings. Yeah. From, from your, my different things. And, so at this point, 97, 98, what are you are you still moving Coke up to Chico no, or what's your Jesse, hustle look Jesse, like? Any, Jesse now? had dropped out of school by that time. I can't imagine how that yeah. would have happened. <laughs> Coke uh, dealer at Chico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest had, party school in North America. Yeah, He had dropped out. And actually, to be honest, I started, uh, I started working. My dad got me a job in the studios. Okay. And, uh, and so I saw that my brother had already been working there and I saw the paychecks he was bringing in and, uh, I was like, you know, I want some of that, you right. know? And so I started working in the studios as a grit. Right. And I, uh, I was bringing home like fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800 a week. You know, I was killing myself doing yeah. it and I was not yeah, happy. It's brutal. I was not happy, but the money kept me coming back. So I, and did you still have your Coke hustle on the no, side or did you no, leave that I didn't alone? have time for anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I was working, you know, 14 hours a day, sometimes six yeah. days a week. And yeah. I was like, you know, yeah. Um, making, I was making first time I really was making legit money. I mm-hmm. had a job at pizza hut in high mm-hmm. school, but you know, but this was like kind of like a brief time in my life where I was like legit. Yeah. And, uh, so Wayne flew over, 
and I had a bit of money saved. He was, he didn't have that much money. He spent a lot, you know, all a his lawyers, money, his right? lawyers in that, yeah. in his trial. And, and he told me about what he, what it, the possibility mm -hmm. of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had money and he was willing. He's, and you still had your connects yes, to, to purchase Coke? Yes, yes. Gotcha. And who was that at the time? Was that your friend who's deceased now? Or no, did you have a different, a different connect? Different guy. Uh, I don't want to say his name. He was a, he was a surfer guy, an older surfer gotcha. from the beach. Gotcha. Uh, but it sounds like because you were, you know, you had eventually were buying multiple keys, kilos. Yeah. Sounds like you, you were pretty locked in because you were getting yeah. it at a good price. I knew guys. Yeah. And so but at this time I just resourced it from an older, one of the older surfer guys yeah. from the beach. And he, uh, did your connects change? Did you, Oh, did it definitely you, changed okay. after in the, in the years coming later, yeah. it yeah. definitely changed. But for now you're getting it. I just for, got, you're getting I think it. The first time my first, the first kilo was $15,000. That is Dirt cheap. I mean, yeah. that is literally in yeah. 20 years, 23, five years, it's gone up more than twice that. Yeah. Like a wholesale kilo now from a Mexican yeah. in LA, would pro I would assume would cost you close to 30. Yeah. I and imagine. that's when you're getting it straight from the guy who just got it over the border. Right, right. So right. wholesale, I mean, yeah. you know, for good quality Coke. Yeah. You know, I don't know, 40 grand. Yeah. And I can't Crazy. imagine what my buddy got for it. Cause I'm sure he wanted to make some money off it, but we $15,000. Yeah. Uh, it cost. And this yeah. was, this would have been in 98. Yeah. And I funded that. Did and, you buy, did you, now are you buying the bricks uh, up front or are you getting it? Are you putting half down and then bringing the rest uh, of them that later? one? No, definitely. The money was yeah. up front. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We, we, you know what? I, I never wanted to get fronted. You never wanted to be in Especially debt. years later when we were dealing with serious stuff. Yeah. I never, I never, cause if something went wrong, I didn't want to be in money. debt. Of yeah. course. And you know, I was, I only wanted what I could pay for Yeah, with, with yeah. these guys. I was the same way. But yeah, $15,000. I funded it. Wayne carried it. Okay. So let's, Tell us about the first run. This is the test run. This is where, uh, you know. I, I flew down to Australia first. I was in Australia. Wayne was still back here mm -hmm. and he got in the cocaine and I waited for him. I was staying at his house. Why? Why? So you connected him with your guy? Yeah. And he, Wayne knew him himself. Okay. He, like I said, Wayne had been coming gotcha. to Ventura for a number of years, came and he knew the guy as well. I just, at the time, the reason I flew down to Australia first was I had a girlfriend there at the mm -hmm. time. Okay. And uh, so I went down there. I flew down there first because I think she was missing me. I was, I was giving me shit for being gone. So I just said, I trusted Wayne with the money, trusted him to do what was right. And uh, I flew down first. I left the money for a full brick. And uh, a month, a few weeks later, uh, he flew down there and it, it, it went you know, smooth as silk, you know, okay, how, you, you got to tell us how, okay. how do you do it? All right. So the, I know this is pre nine 11. You yeah, probably, this is not pre you probably could not do this now. Oh yeah. You might be able to, you, but I don't know. I'm not could, sure. Maybe if you had TSA pre-check, do you could do it? We were doing a post nine 11. Right, so right, right. We were doing it a few months after nine 11. Yeah, well, that, they hadn't caught yeah. up yet though. I feel like with x-ray now, but anyways, okay, we'll let them so, decide. Uh, Wayne strapped the cocaine to his body. It was always a United flight mm. that left LAX on Friday night. Where did he strap it? Uh, on his stomach. Yeah. 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 And it lands on in Sydney on Sunday morning. So it's good. 
Australia's a day ahead. Yeah. Basically it's an international dateline. So it always landed. It was always, I'm pretty sure the reason that we picked that flight had more to do with the, our connection at the airport. Right. You know, like you got to get on this plane. That's it's right. Kinda, that yeah. makes sense. So did, so the people, Wayno's uncle yes. in working for gate gourmet in the Sydney airport, would he give him the flight that he should take? Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. so he knows exactly, he knows what his schedule is, you know, the right. following week. And he says, Hey, I'm going to be taking this. Uh, I'm going to be refilling the United food trays on this right. day. You're going to want to take this flight yeah. so I can be on there. Boom. So it was always should have been a detective. <laughs> okay. So, but it always landed, landed on Sunday morning right. at Sydney at about six o'clock in the morning. I think it's one of the first flights of the day. And uh, Sydney airport closes. There's no flights from like 10 at night till six in the morning. Yeah. Cause it's anyways. Uh, so it's always the first flight of the day. One of the first. And so they were able to like pounce on it. You yeah. know, the, Gate Gourmet guys. They're, yeah, of course. They're on the plane. Uh, so he has it strapped to his body. And some at some point during the flight, you want to do it usually probably but towards the, the towards the end of the flight. Mm -hmm. It's 14 hours. Yeah. Uh, usually in the last hour or two of the flight, you want to go to, to a designated bathroom in the back of the plane, uh, unstrap it from your body, mm -hmm. stick it in the trash can. Well, you want to go into the trash can. Yeah. You want to, uh, by now there's a lot of trash after 14 hours. Oh yeah. There's the dirty yeah. diapers, tampons, yeah. the whole lot in there. And Fetuses. yeah, whatever you lots of mm -hmm. stuff. It's not rags. Yeah. And, uh, you got to get dirty. You know, yeah. you, you, the, the trash bin is kind of behind a little locked door and you, you throw the trash in the top, but the bin is inside, mm -hmm. you know, and you open the little latch door. Yeah. And you pull the little bin out and you pull everything out of there. Yeah. You're, you're getting dirty and you take the unstrapped cocaine, place it at the bottom of the bin and you take all that trash, the dirty diapers, the tampons and everything else. And mm -hmm. you throw it all on top of it and you place it back, close the latch, and boom, you walk out of there. Your job's done. And now the plane uh, lands in Sydney and it, uh, soon as because it you don't in, have to go through, uh, I'm just trying to get a sense of why they would do that. You don't have to go through customs on this side. Uh, on it, this side in LA. Correct. No, you just went through security. Right. And I, we always tell the guys, you know, no jewelry, no belt. Right. I don't care if your grandma gave you that yeah. necklace and it's your lucky necklace. Because you cannot you have do, that thing go off no, and have them pat, risk you, pat you down, wand nothing, you down. Man. Yeah, You exactly. take that earring off, yep. dude. I don't yep. care if it's your lucky ear. Exactly. It's coming off, right. dude. And so then when he walks through when Wayno or whoever whoever's yeah. bringing it on the other side, they walk through uh, Australian customs free and clear. Free and clear. Yeah. And the gate gourmet guys, the, uh, the food catering guys, mm -hmm. they're, they're the first on the plane. They, right. they got to get those trolleys off, you know? Right. And so when they get on the plane, they come in through the back door and even uh, more than the, they're first, even before the trash people. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so they're on the plane. They, they, or they made it a point to get on there before. For them. sure. Yeah, for sure. They yeah. don't need some, like some, uh, some guy, some, you know, airplane made finding right. it before that. Right. So they get on the plane, uh, the plane lands in Sydney. These guys are on the plane, you know, uh, and they're, they're, one of them is they're, 
their job is not to go into the bathroom. Their job is to get the food right. trolleys off. So one of them, I think, is a lookout, maybe a block. Yeah. And one's going in. So it's why multiple people are in on it. Yeah. yeah. Going into that trash can, grabbing yeah. the Coke, stashing it into a food trolley that they're already removing right. from the plane. Right. And it comes right off. Wow. And, and that cocaine is off the plane before you are. You're probably still maybe even grabbing your bags wow. out of your overhead. Did in the process of this, was there ever a time where the kilo made it into the garbage, everything was fine, but something got fucked up, like the the maids or the cleaning people got to the trash bag before the, the gate gourmet people? I'll tell you a story. The first time I carried, uh, that happened to me. Uh, I carried, uh, it was maybe six months or a year after uh, Wayne had done the initial run. Yeah. And uh, I carried... I um, went through the same process, went through, you know, sourced the cocaine here. Yeah. Uh, Wayne and I, I remember, I think we were still kind of small time then. Uh, we both uh, went halves on it on yeah. a kilo of cocaine. And I, uh, I strapped it to my body, went to uh, LAX, went through security, the whole, the whole thing, uh, went through the whole process, dropped it in the trash can. Yeah. Uh, I thought everything was good. I walk out, go through customs, immigration. Uh, and waiting at the house at Wayne's house, we're waiting for the phone call. And it was like a panic. It was a panicked phone call. Like what the fuck, you know, what's going on. And, and he's looking at Wayne's looking at me, he gets a phone, like they can't find it. They can't find it. Uh, we never really figured out what happened. Mm -hmm. Was it the maids that got on or who's what I, I was shitting bricks. Mm, Cause I you thought it might be feds. Something, been. man. I was ready to jump on a plane that same day and get the fuck wow. out of the country. And that was your first time carrying? That was my first time oh, carrying. Boy. The first time. Wayne, when I went, carried the first time I carried, and it fucking, and I was like, what the fuck? I was shitting bricks. I didn't I, know if the cops got yeah. it. We didn't know. We just did yeah. not know. Yeah. I guess, you know, when a key only costs 15,000 bucks, it's not a huge loss, but it's a huge loss of your time yeah. and, and effort and this risk yeah. you took. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So you, you never know. got that. You never got we that. Never, you never, never found it. Still to this wow. day, don't know what happened to it. Do you think, I, I mean, I know they, they're supposed to tell you when you get arrested in the discovery paperwork, right? Every, all the evidence they collected over the years, but a lot of times they leave shit out. They lied on my paperwork. Right. But right. do you think that was part of a larger investigation? No, I don't think so. I think they would have grabbed us Probably uh, and grabbed they would have made right? the paper and the gate gourmet guys, uh, the, cause we asked them like, you know, uh, his, uh, Wayne's uncle Craig, you know, like did, did the, did the cops got, he would have known yeah, if the cops got, right, got right. their hands on it. Yeah. Like cause they, it would have been all over the plane. Yeah, yeah. He would have known like, okay, something's going down. It probably Something got thrown happened. away, man. It Somebody they just beat away. you. They just, the, the, the cleaning people just beat the gate gourmet guys to the punch. You yeah. Know? And maybe one of them came up big time. Yeah. You who know, knows? Probably accident. not more than likely. They just said, Whoa, it's kind of heavy. And they twisted it and you don't yeah. go through the garbage yeah. when you're cleaning, you no, know? No. Um, wow. Okay. So back to the first time Wayno does get the key through. Yes. He gets the brick through. You're already there with your chick. Uh, successful run. What do you do with it? Do you break it down or do you just give it to somebody wholesale? Uh, he, at that time, you know, Wayne, uh, I want to say it was, it got broken down yeah. into uh, ounces and eight Did you balls. help him? 
No, he, I let him take care of that. I was, I, in Australia, I tried to be super undercover. I, right. I mean, my whole life, I always tried to be very undercover, you know, not right. let anybody, I let him handle all that. Yeah. I maybe helped him like break it down and now, but in terms of selling it yeah. and, and you didn't, that, you that, didn't no. he had the whole market anyway. Yeah, so he knew everybody. Yeah, I was hands off sense. of that part of it. But did you wait with him down there until the kilo sold? I believe so. I think it took a little while because he was, he, cause he just, you know, like I said, just gotten found not guilty on a, on an import. Yeah. Not that long. So he wasn't trying, he was trying to be pretty low key yeah. himself, you know? So he took his time. I don't think uh, I maybe stayed the whole time. God, it was so long ago. So know, how, how much did he end up turning the kilo around for? You guys I bought it for 15 say, grand. I want to say at that time, uh, probably 180,000 oh. Australian dollars or so. That's pretty, that's a pretty good margin. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like in 90, I think that was in 98. Yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, look at that. That's, that's like, do the math on that. That's like eight kilos worth. You know what I mean? Right, like you right. could buy, so you could take it, reinvest and go back to your connect and, yeah. and, and buy a whole load of bricks if you right, want it. Right. Right. Holy shit. Okay. So now tell us, Tell us of what you do with that money. How does your cut get back to you? I assume you guys are splitting all the profits, right? You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your partner's in it. Right. Well, he, you know, we have to pay the, we have to pay the guys at the airport. Okay. I think they want to say they wanted like 20,000. Each, each wanted 20? Uh, no, I think that was just their price. That I, I, 20 total. 20 total oh, per kilo, per kilo. Yeah, so how gotcha. it got divided up between like two or three yeah, guys. was that, their business. That was, yeah. Didn't, okay. didn't know exactly how they did that. That's a good, I mean, I would have charged you guys triple yeah. knowing what you could make on a kilo. Oh yeah. Those for guys sure. are a uh, uh, huge intro. I mean like <clears throat> necessary part in it. Right. So that's a pretty good price. So, uh, you know, you guys are dividing up after paying for the kilo and for the workers, you guys are splitting up $145,000. Right. Right. Australian. Right. So how does he get, uh, you know, 70,000 how does he get that to you? You know, I think he, like I said, I, I didn't maybe stay till the, the whole thing was right. was sold. You know, I, I maybe stayed till he had at least like yeah. my half of the money. Yeah. You know, and uh, and he just gave me cash, Australian dollars. And, uh, and yeah. How so, do you get 70 grand? So do you know how, how sketchy? No, no, no. How do you move $70,000? How do you physically move it from Australia to the United States? Okay. Well, okay. Well, that, the most important part of the, yeah, the equation here, the, the cash. Okay. So in the beginning, my, with, with that cash, I would, uh, I would go into, into the city of Sydney mm -hmm. and, and, uh, like the downtown, uh, there was an area called Martin place where it was kind of a touristy area and there's currency exchanges all, all around yeah. there. And I would go to a currency exchange with like, 7,000 Australian dollars, okay. you know, um, and I would exchange it for us dollars. I'd buy us dollars right. with it. And, uh, I'd ask for like all hundreds because mm -hmm. I don't need, you know, the smaller denomination, the more bulk. Yeah. So it was always like in hundred dollar bills. I want 100 us dollar bills and, uh, you know, $10,000, uh, you know, or even like 70, say you know, I get like $10,000 stacks. Yeah. 
So you could just smuggle that back. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it's really not that big. You know, it's maybe, you know. Yeah, like, if you have seven stacks, uh, no, you'd, see, you'd need 70, 100 stacks. But, you yeah. know, it's still, it's pretty, it's it's not overly bulky. No. I guess you put it, you, so you could just stash it in your carry-on. Not your carry-on, oh, no, your, your check bag. I'd, I'd have it strapped to my, oh. to, my, to my thighs. And this is before the metal strip was on the hundred probably this, this is before a, the metallic strip definitely so yeah. okay so yeah so you I'd, could just walk through the metal I'd detector walk right through and, wow you know and i wasn't that worried about it coming back from australia getting caught yeah. with the money because uh i know that uh having traveled a lot you know nothing really comes from australia like when i landed lax nothing's really like you know uh, when customs and that are, especially back then, they're not really looking out for smugglers coming from Australia. No, it's not like you're flying up from Colombia. Exactly. You know? you know, and their resource, you know, I'm, I'm sure the customs and guys are, they're, they're, uh, they're stretched so thin as it is, you know, and yeah. a flight, you got 10 flights landing at the same time. And one of them's from Australia. And then you got three from Mexico and six, where are you going to put all your resources? Mm, You're going to put yeah. them on the flights that just landed from yeah. Mexico or, or Colombia, yeah. Venezuela, you know, there's, Oh, we got a flight from Australia. Okay. They're fine. Now I do feel like this, you absolutely could not do now because you got to go through x-ray scanners. So I feel yeah. like, I feel like you'd have to put it in your, your luggage, your checked bag. Probably. Um, yes. Yeah. Interest, but there's, you know, there's ways to get around it, right? You put, you know, there's tricks to, you know, disguising, the metallic strip. Right. Cause by the end of my journey and, you know, shipping out weed and I would get money right. sent back to me. Right. I started having my people, you know, disguise the strip right. uh, in the packages. Right, so it wouldn't right. get hit by the x-rays. Right. Right. But yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So you're, you're at smooth sailing flying back with the cash. Right. Um, now what are you thinking now? Are you like, Ooh, this is it. This is our lick. Or, or do you do like, when does it really start to, to move when you get a system down? Well, the system was in place. Yeah. So, uh, it was, still, I guess consistency. When does it really start? Like become like a well-oiled. Okay. So, thing? uh, had a friend, uh, that was connected. Uh, Oh, it was my co-defendant Wayne. Yeah. He, uh, he got caught with a gun, uh, not long after, like somewhere in like 98, 99. So Wayne's just a wild boy. Oh, he's a wild boy. Well, Wayne's, he's a, he's a, uh, you he's know, he's an outlaw. He doesn't sound like the most careful criminal. No, I wouldn't say that. He's careful, but you know, he, he's probably, I would just say he's not as casual as say maybe I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's we'll got have a, to put some photos up of him. Is he like, does he look like an outlaw? Does he no, look like a- No, not at all. He's got okay. a baby face. Uh, right. Got clean cut looking yeah. guy like me. And he got uh, caught with like, a pistol down in Australia. Yeah, which is very serious business. Sure, sure. Very serious yeah. business in Australia. Um, you know, they don't take kindly to guns at all. Mm -hmm. At all. So he had that business. So we kind of went, put, put business on hold while right. he was dealing with well, that. Well, he fought that case. He fought that case, got found guilty, didn't serve any jail time. They didn't uh, find him any drugs on him. No. Okay, no, good. No, Um, So that case happened, and that took like another year out of what we were doing. Um, was that first lick, was that first run enough money for to, to float you until the next time you did oh, it? Oh, definitely, because, you know, I wasn't buying like a brand new Audis yeah. and, yeah. You know stuff. You know, I, I, it was all about the. the but you got to quit your job at the movie studio. You didn't have to work. Yeah, in the grip I didn't anymore. work. I, I did work a little bit. You know, because uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen yeah. while we were on hold. Right. So I still worked a bit. You know, um, 
but I had that cash, you yeah. know, I still yeah. had that cash and I was going, I was still traveling. I was still going to Indonesia yeah. to South America. Were you excited? Trips. Oh, I was excited. That, you know, that money must have just juiced oh, yeah. you, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's a definite high. Yeah, it's just, it's like much. physically an endorphin rush. Like definitely. getting off the plane yeah. in LA, walking through customs. Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking just, just try to put it into words. Yeah. Like you're skipping. You can't yeah, even. Oh, definitely. It feels like, it feels like winning the lottery in a way. Oh, definitely. That's what my experience uh, you know, making tons of money really quickly. It really, I had no business ever ascending as high in the drug game as I did. I just got right. lucky. Right. I, I right. through years of basically nickel and diming, right. I met the right plugs that right. got me wholesale weed for, you know, a really competitive price. Right. But then I, I met guys, I met my Wayno. Right. Over on the East coast. And this is when right. you could sell a brick for double what you paid for it uh, in Oregon. So, you know, it was just, and it was just the right historical time. Right. I knew all of this. So when I would open up a package that I got FedEx overnighted to me and $50,000 would fall out of it, it was like, it was Christmas in July. You know, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. My good fortune. Oh, definitely. Is that kind of how you felt? Oh, definitely, dude. Like definitely uh, adrenaline, the the hair standing up on the back of your neck and, you know, you get the sweaty palms and you're just like, fuck, this is real, you know? And, and, uh, but you're thinking like, well, now I can go surf for six months. Like that's definitely, definitely going now. Okay. Where am I going? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? I'm I'm going to Indonesia. You know, Uh, I felt, I fell in love with that country the first time I went, you know, and, uh, we're going going to Indonesia and going to all the different islands. We're we're partying yeah. it up. Partying. Know, partying. Are you using it. Coke? Uh yes. Okay. Definitely. Nice. Definitely. So you're partying, yeah. you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. Like we were I remember talking to a friend at, at, at the time, you know, and he's like he's like, What's the difference between us and rock stars? You know? Yeah. And we we were living, we were chasing chicks. Yeah. Uh, it was the drugs and surfing. I mean, without the, you know, take out the rock and roll, it was just surfing, yeah. and, you know, without the music, it was yeah. surfing, you know, yeah, you and, guys, but it was a, definitely a rock and roll lifestyle. Totally. And you're just like, go, go, go. you it doesn't matter. You probably wake up at 5am, even after a night of just doing blow. And drinking. If I woke up, if, what do you mean wake up? I was you're, been you're up, up. I've you're been up. up all night. Wow, that's wild. So yeah. you would just go straight to the surf. Yeah, some t- yeah, usually we try. If the waves were on, we were yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's it, a movie. It was, man. A, it was a it was a crazy lifestyle. You know? So so you got about a year waiting for Wayno's pistol charge to adjudicate. Yes. yes. Um after that, now what happens? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one funny story. I think it was during that time while Wayne was out on bail and he was fighting his case. I was in Australia at one time and, uh, I, I did, I came up, it was like another crime of little opportunity. I didn't need the money. Uh, but it was kind of like, you know, uh, when I look back on my, uh, the food stamp little, uh, thing we had going in high school, and a friend of mine in Australia had come into a big load of uh, hash. Wow. And like a big load. And uh, where's the hash come from? Uh, I think it was like from Pakistan got or to, something, right? something like pro- that. And then it probably makes its way down to India. And then yeah, it was the brown, to, it was the brown, like yeah, clay like yeah, hash. Yeah. And so I, he, he really needed money at the time. And he let, he, he sold me two, two nine ounce bars of uh of hash 
sold it to me for 400 Australian dollars total 200 for each one. Wow. And how much can you sell those for? Well, so I I got those. And the only reason I got them was I was like, fuck, this is too good to pass up. And I thought that we never get this kind of hash in Southern California. Fuck. Here we go. And I, uh, I strapped it to, I, I remember I put them on my calves. Okay. I strapped it to the inside of my calves and I put some pants on and I got on a flight and I flew back to LA and it's funny, you know what? That was one of the closest times I ever came to getting pinched. I flew into LA and these customs guys, I was just walking out. I was just about to get out and they stopped me. It was two black guys. Mm-hmm. And they, one of them says, where are you coming from? I said, I'm from, uh, coming from Australia. And, and I think the other guy was in training or something. He uh, was training the other guys. Oh, we got to take a look at your bag. And cause it looked like one guy was like kind of telling them, okay, this is what you do. Oh, well, you know, we sure, got to look at this. Sure. And I'm going, fuck, I got two. Di-. And they were asking me about Australia and this and that. And I said, yeah, and they, you know, what, what was I doing there? Surfing. Are, and how whatnot. do you keep your, how do you keep your cool? Are you, are you losing your, like, are you getting cotton mouth? Yeah, are you- prob- I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was getting a little nervous. Yeah. I was like going, oh shit. You know, fucking with all I've done, fuck, this would be fucked to get yeah, busted with yeah. just trying to bring back a couple hash, you know, some, which nobody even like smokes in America. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing. I feel like you might even get off on that. Cause yeah. they'd be like, what the fuck is this that you got on your calves? Right. Right. You know, they probably think it was heroin or something. Right. You know, but, but in bringing it back, you know, no many people smoke it, but I knew enough people. You could get it off. No, no, no. Cause it's such a novelty. You exactly. Could, how that much was, could you, well, we'll get to that. But, uh, well, I knew enough friends of mine that had like, you know, guys that went to college and they did a summer in Europe and mm-hmm. they talking about, Oh, I was smoking hash and in, in, you know, Amsterdam and this and that, yeah. you know? And I was like, these are the guys I'm going to sell it to when I get right. back, you know, it's going to remind them of their summer vacation right. in, in Europe. <clears throat> so anyways, and so we talking to these guys, when I got pulled there at the airport, I remember they were just finishing up. They looked through my bags a little bit, nothing major. And as I'm walking away, um, I got, you know, they said, all right, you're free to go. And I'm walking away. And uh, I always remember this. I'm about five steps away. And the guy, and I heard that one of those customer guys goes, yo, Ryan, one more thing. And my heart stopped <laughs> and I'm going, fuck, they're going to pat me uh... down. And my heart stopped. And I turned around and I said, yeah. And he goes, Hey, those girls, those girls hang out with their, hang with their titties out on the beach in Australia. Wow. And I started laughing. That's the blackest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. And I started <laughs> laughing. I go, yeah, you see some of that. And they're like, all right, man, take it easy. And I walked away and I went, fuck. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, what wow. the fuck? I always remember that. That was yeah. so funny. God damn. So yeah, yeah, that's and, nerve wracking. So what did you, what did you make off that deal? Uh, I was, fuck, I remember the first, uh, I was selling it for, I was selling it for like regular um, high grade pop, pop prices yeah, that you yeah. get. So I was uh, selling like for three hundred dollars an ounce, U.S. Yeah, dollars an yeah, ounce yeah, at the yeah. time. So you yeah, know? you got a half a key. I don't know. You made a couple thousand bucks. Yeah, I made I made some money, you know. Yeah. And it was it was more like it was an opportunity. I saw it, and yeah. I didn't need the money. It was funny when I look back on it now. It was like it was part of that action that I was, yeah. that I was addicted You're craving to. the action. Yeah, I, I love the action yeah. of the whole, that, that whole scene, the whole uh, industry, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, it was a lifestyle. Yeah. Did you, you know? consider your, did, was drug dealer part of your identity 
or were you a surfer? I was a surfer. Yeah. 100% surfer first, yeah. you know, uh, drug dealing. It was just something that I did. It was always just when I saw the opportunity mm-hmm. and it was there, I, I, I would jump on it. You know? did, did you have any long-term plans once you really started moving keys down to Australia and money's you know, consistently big time money is coming in. Did you have any plans to like invest it or did you have your, a number to where you were like, okay, I get this much. I'm getting out of the game. Uh, I definitely had those thoughts like, you know, uh, like, you know, the smart thing to do would be buy a house, especially at yeah. in, in, in that, that time. I sometimes, I, 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 uh, I beat my head against the wall yeah. sometimes today when I go, you know, I could have owned a couple homes, yeah. you know, if I would have invested my yeah. money right. My best, one of my best friends uh, at the time, I remember he was, uh, he managed money. He was, uh, worked at uh, Merrill Lynch and and I was like, man, I should go to him and show him what I got mm-hmm. and, you know, he'll help me, yeah. you know? And, but you know what? I, I, I tried to, I had thoughts of being, looking at my long-term, but at the same time, I couldn't see past next week. You yeah. know, it was like, well, you know what? I'll get to that next sure. year, you know, because next week I'm flying to, to Chile, you know, yeah. and I'm going on a surf trip down there. You're living you fast. Know? Yeah. And, You're the, and the fast. Money, You're having too much fun, having too much fun. And, you know, and, and during this time, I also, you know, uh, having lived and spent a lot of time in Australia, I developed, a. uh, uh, a taste for the horse race, horse races. No shit. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm betting on horses and stuff, you know, <laughs> that's some drug dealer yeah, shit. That's yeah, some kingpin yeah, shit. I that, like that. In Australia, the horse racing is, it, it's huge. Did you come huge. up at all? Did you ever hit I, Every big? once in a while, every yeah. once in a while, but definitely lost way yeah. more than net, I ever lost. Yeah. I was a, loss. I'll never be one of those gamblers that said, Oh yeah. You know, I definitely will admit, that the losses definitely outweighed the wins right, when right. it came to gambling. I loved my blackjack yeah. in Vegas and, you right. know, uh, and I, I was definitely, uh, funding a lifestyle of mm-hmm. gambling, uh, you know, um, travel, travel surfing, surf, women, yeah. Women, yeah. you know, strip clubs yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. That's your, you know? your life. That's, I should have lived like that. I, I, I should have had more fun with my drug money. Yeah. I was the opposite. I was like from, pretty much the the first hundred thousand I ever made. I was like, okay, there's no way this can last. Right. Let me figure out how to turn this into an empire. So I right. never have to work yeah. again. You know, like I, it was like a, it was my like, uh, you know, Joseph Kennedy moment. How can my sons and daughters be uh congressman, right, you know, right, right. Senator Colleone, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but certainly didn't have as much fun as you. Uh, now tell us when the business started to scale. Okay, so I, re- I always remember this. Uh, 9-11 happened, and we actually had, we were actually going to get a run go- going. Uh, uh, my co-defendant, Wayne, and uh, the, this other guy, I don't want to mention his name. Uh, he, uh, they both flew into LAX on, on the morning. On the big of, one? On the morning of 9-11. Wow. So we had a run planned around that time. Right. And uh, they both flew in and uh, on the morning of 9-11 and it was chaos. Like you, know, yeah. you remember it yeah. was, it was, and uh, we, we canceled that, that, that trip. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't know how this was going to affect uh, yeah. security on our end, right. on the Australian end. 
Uh, we think we were, I think flights were shut down for a few days yeah. in the States at that time. And yeah. then even when it reopened, we were just weren't sure. We contacted uh, our guy down in uh, Australia and he was like, no, it, uh, the Kate Gourmet guy. Uh, and he was like, no, let's pull leave, the pan, let's, leave, leave it alone till yeah. we see how things shake out. Better safe than sorry. Yeah, right. You know? uh, safety was a big thing with us. We yeah. always wanted to be safe. You know, no, you know, we, we love the adrenaline, the risk, the action, but we weren't, we weren't stupid. We would, didn't take unnecessary risks. Right. Yes, you know? that's true. I, yeah. I can tell that. Okay. So you guys were, you guys were patient. You would wait. We were patient. Yeah. So yeah. that was uh 9 11. We waited about six months on 2002, you know, after doing, you know, I was in contact with Wayne. He's asking me, you know, I'll do a little reconnaissance at the yeah. airport. I think I maybe have been on a, a, a flight or two during that time and said, Hey dude, it's not that bad. Dude. Yeah. Just, you know, don't, don't wear any fucking metal when you're going right. through that. And I think I did. I, I know for a fact I did once purposely like leave my belt on just to see security, what it would see, look what, like. What are they, okay. What are they yeah. going to do? And it was an automatic pat down. Yeah. So, okay. Right. So just absolutely nothing. Right. Don't wear any fancy shoes. I got a little metal, you know, the just fancy dress shoes. I got a metal bumper mm -hmm. going through the middle of it. But I think anyway, so, so I did a little reconnaissance on our end, you know, you know, you can get through, you know, it's, it's definitely right. can still be done. Uh, it, it, it relaxed down in Sydney as well right. at the airport. And so it's in like mid 2002, uh, some, some, uh, Wayne flew over, uh, but he had some guys with them to, to carry, you know, now at this point we, we don't really need to carry anymore. Yes. You know, we've you got, stepped we, it up. You got workers. We I got guys, this. you know, we're, we're, we can, you know, uh, Wayne flew over with them. He was kind of coaching them and, you know, and so these are surfers as well. Yeah. We tried to mostly keep it to surfers, mm -hmm. you know, surfers, uh, you know, that, that was our, our, our friendship yeah. circle and the people we knew were surfers yeah. mostly. You There's know? a brotherhood too with yes, uh, being a surfer, definitely, right? Definitely. So it definitely. kind of feels you can trust. Yeah. We we're comfortable more. around each other, you know? And, uh, so they flew over and I think on that trip, I want to say that we got two, two and a half kilos, you know, put like one and a quarter, say on each guy. Right. And, uh, Wayne didn't carry, it was just two guys. Right. And we, we put them on a plane back to Australia. Now, how much are you paying for keys now? Post nine 11. Okay. Now post nine 11, uh, I, it's eighteen thousand dollars. Okay, definitely. so the kilos got up. Yeah, it's gone up a few thousand gotcha. dollars. Uh, and who are you getting it from? Who are you sourcing them from? Now I'm sourcing it from uh, a Mexican. I don't, you know, I'm definitely not going to say his name. Uh, you don't even know his name. He's got five of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know who I was introduced to through a friend. Gotcha. And uh, those first few trips to see this guy, uh, my friend came with me until this guy got comfortable with me. Right. And, but I always looked after that friend that made the introduction. Right. You know? I, I never like started seeing him. He, he just didn't want to go on the trips to go pick it up. Right. Anymore. He got a little hair. But when I did, I always made sure he got some money. Where, know? where's the, uh, the Mexican guy. He's in Ventura. He's local. He's in Ventura County. I yeah. just, I'll just say Ventura County. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too specific, yeah. you know? Right. But he's but up he, there. Yeah. No, I know they have a lot of, uh, you know, they got guys moving up there for yeah. sure. There's oh, a yeah. market for meth and fentanyl now. Oh, definitely. And so whenever, wherever that is in America, you will find Mexicans who are connected. Doesn't right. mean they're part of the cartel, right? but they are connected directly 
to definitely. cartel members that are getting it across definitely. the border. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So you're, you're, you're getting it from, you're, you're about as high up as you can go as a white boy. Right. Uh, buying Coke in right. America. Right. So this is good. Right. So the quality is good. The quality was off, off the hook. Yeah. Like, uh, the quality was when I first was sourcing them from the surfer guy, yeah. older surfer guy at the beach, it was kind of mid quality, you right. know? Uh, but definitely when I was getting it from this Mexican guy in Ventura County, it was like, like nothing. I'd like ever, it didn't I'd, taste like he was stepping on it. No, gotcha. no, no. It was like coming, like it was straight came, came right. out of the, yeah. the, the tomato truck that came across for sure, the border. For you sure. Know? So, and you guys weren't stepping on it either. No, right. no, it didn't get stepped on until it got to Australia. Right, right. And then, you know, I mean, you probably could have cut it over here, but you just get more for your money. You just, yeah. You know. And you know, there was no reason it was always going to end up in Australia. So anyways, no, so, so why, why make it bulkier? Why make yeah. it bulkier and more yeah. to carry here yeah. in America? When totally. It, you, 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 that, totally. Just get it to Australia. That was the main, that was the mission. So were you guys in like a bathroom with these two surfer bros, like, uh, deciding where to place the kilos on them? Okay. So what we do, you know, we, when, uh, we get the, the, the kilos, uh, you know, it's like this big, whatever. And about like that thick, you yeah. know, and, uh, we'd break them down. We, we pull them out, take them out. You yeah. know, we weren't just putting straight no. blocks on, no. them, you no. know, uh, we take them out and I get it. I lay a tarp down in my living room and, uh, and get big baking pans. And I would, I would break this stuff down, you know, and I get like a rolling pin and mm -hmm. I'm breaking it down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not into a powder, but just small chunks, like yeah. little rocks and, uh, get a, go to target, get a food saver, yeah. the food saver, the vacuum yep. sealer. Totally. I know it well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, and we would vacuum seal it, yeah. you know, and I, we'd vacuum. And you could take a whole brick, you take a whole ass brick and, yeah. and condense it to, you know, yeah, well, we, smaller than like a NFL football. Yeah. Right? Well, we wouldn't, it would be, we would try and have it stretched out as thin as possible. Right. And so I'd, I'd, you know, I'd have it like stretched out to like this big, but like that. Oh, thing. interesting. So, and, so and, wide. Yeah. And, and it, thin. Yeah. And Got so it. It could, we could tape it and wrap it around your body. So it would conform to your yeah, stomach. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Okay. Smart. And, uh, so that's how we did that. And, uh, we would strap, you know, guys, it was funny, you know, everybody's body type is different. You know, um, some guy might be kind of tall and mm -hmm. lanky, but have kind of a beard guy, yeah. you know? Uh, and so we would figure it out, you know, uh, we would, we would usually pack about, I'd say like two, some guys, I saw a couple guys could get like two and a half on them. Onto their body. Know? What kind of body type could, could fit? Two and a half kilos, uh, inconspicuously. Like, I'd say like kind of a taller, skinnier guy. Oh, so I'd be a nice drug mule. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude. Like, so you, uh, we, we strapped to their body and I get, uh, like that white medical tape and I would yeah. just tape it, tape, yeah. tape it yeah. around their body. And, um, but yeah, usually about two kilos. Yeah. Um, sometimes two and a half, but that was pushed. I never put three on somebody. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah. Wow, this is the real deal. Yo, this, this is, is this is drug smuggling. This is definitely yeah. drug smuggling. Yeah, yeah. and okay. it was and, and that whole action of all that. That was all definitely adrenaline. It yeah, was, it was yeah. crazy. You know that it, it must like it must have dawned on you in the middle of doing all that. You're like, whoa! You did it every every now and then. You're like, damn, I'm in it. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, and uh, it was definitely uh, 
an adrenaline rush, the action of it, you know, of knowing like, you know, I always, I always prepped it the day they were leaving, you know, um, that day, like that afternoon, you know, we're leaving, we're leaving Ventura at like, uh, seven thirty at night to drive to LAX. You guys are taking the evening flight. Yeah. So, united still? Always united. Okay. Always united. Gotcha. Uh, so, but I'm prepping it during that day. The, 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 the couriers, they're out. Like I, I got them. They're, they're like at the beach. I'm like, I don't want them anywhere around it. Right. You know, I don't right. need to get on their clothes. Right. Whatever. Of course. I'm just, I'm taking care of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and how did you make sure that they relaxed? Like, was there a psychological trick or, you know, I was always told them, you know, uh, I wasn't one of these guys. I've heard these horror stories that when guys sign up to do this stuff, that their families are threatened and if they back out of it and this and that, or it's like, or it's like a, a broad, it's some, some like 19 year old chick and you know, some guy from Spain is like, you're just going to carry two of them. And then yeah. she looks down and she's got 16 strapped to yeah. her body. <laughs> I, you know, I was always up front with these guys, you know, yeah. I, I was like, you know, I, I remember telling guys, you know, like if your heart's not in it, like if this is too much for you, there's right. no, there's no shame in backing out. Yeah. You know, cause if, did you let them know like, Hey, look, I've done this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I said, yeah. dude, I've done it, dude. I would never ask anybody to do anything I didn't do myself. Yeah. And Wayne, right. Wayne was the same way. Right. You know? Okay. So. Uh, so you send those two, you drive those two kids. How old are they? Are they um, younger than on, you? On that trip, no, they were, I think they were probably a little older than me. Uh, okay. They, they were, uh, and yeah, we, yeah, we drove them to the airport, uh, LAX, the rundown. This is yeah. what we do. Yeah. Don't vary from it even a little bit. Yeah. Don't think you, don't all of a sudden come up with a good, a good yeah. idea mid-flight. Yeah. You know, this is a try and true yeah. technique. It works. If you just follow these steps, all your only job is to get through the the hardest part of your job is to walking through security, walking through security at LAX. And once you're past there, once you're sitting on the the plane, you are home free. You are home free. And all you got to do is drop it in the trash can two hours before the flight lands in Sydney. Okay. So two and a half bricks just got through to Australia. What's the wholesale price now in 2002? Okay, so price must have must have gone yeah, up. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely gone up. Okay. It's like three hundred thousand Australian. That's dollars. wholesale. That's like, like wholesale. I think yeah. By that time, it, it's like a brick is three hundred thousand Australian wow. dollars. Wow. So a gram is going for four hundred. Yeah, you can uh, turn at that a, time. You know, they're yeah, something like that. Three hundred, three hundred dollars, yeah. but they're, but they're stepping on it so much. They're yeah. turning one kilo into two or three down there. Yeah. You know? Okay. And so you could. You could so charge three hundred for a wholesale and because still, you know he's going to turn around. Yeah, and you make can still make a lot of, of money. Wow, you make a lot of money down there. But I wasn't. I never got involved in that part of it. You know, I never got in part of the. Uh, I just know, you know, that's what they were going for, and that this is what I was going to get paid for doing this because you know, like we send two or three kilos down there. You know, say three, say three kilos get in. Tell us how that then got distributed. Uh, see, like I said, that would Wayno be waiting on the other side or would he always come up with the, no, the couriers? He, he eventually just stayed down there. He gotcha. trusted me enough right. to the, with, to take care of everything okay. here. Gotcha. You know, uh, I was like, uh, I don't know, kind of a logistics guy here yeah. in Southern California. Yeah. You know, I was, I was sourcing it. I was, uh, get prepping it mm-hmm. and getting it all, all ready to go. Yeah. And he would receive it on that end. And, uh, 
how he exactly distributed, I don't know. I know that he would, he had guys that would buy whole kilos yeah. off him. Yeah. Um, other guys that might just buy a half. So what would, if you bought three kilos yeah. on this end in Ventura at 18,000 a shot, uh, what would come back to you? Okay. After expenses, after paying like the guys to carry, they're getting uh, like 10,000 Australian dollars to carry. To okay. Carry. Gotcha. They're usually always Australians. Yeah. Um, and they were getting 10,000 uh, a kilo to carry. Mm -hmm. So if they carry two and a half, they would get $25,000. Okay. Australian dollars gotcha. to carry. Could you ever um, get two guys? Could you ever get as much as five kilos down there? Uh, two yeah, and a half yeah, on each oh, person. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did that. Oh, so you yeah. got as much as yeah. five bricks. But, but on that first trip that after nine eleven, I think we, I think we had two, uh, like two and a half kilos, and each guy carried like one and a one and a half or yeah. one and a quarter each, or whatever it was. Okay, but you now, know? but uh, on when you got up to as high as five kilos a okay. trip. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're definitely putting that's like, enormous. That's a $1.5 million yes. in Australia. Yes. That's insane. Okay. So what is, tell me the profit margin. This is what we do on the, on okay, the connect. We so, break down the numbers. Uh, three. So say, yeah, 300,000. So for each kilo, uh, for my end, did you ever get, when you went to your Mexican connect it, when you went you said, Hey, I want five. Did he give you a price break? Or was it, did it all always stay the yeah, same? Um, it was always the same. I think, I think, uh, I, I talked to him once and he said, you're going to have to get at least like 10 before we, before start, we, start, we start talking. Okay. Price makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I'm doing math right now. Okay. So, so keep talking. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're talking $300,000 Australian dollars. Uh, you're paying the guys. Uh, I think the gate gourmets guys charged uh, like 20, $25,000 mm -hmm. to take it off the plane. Mm -hmm. Uh, the and then let's see, they're getting to carry two and a half is 25,000. Yeah. Okay. So assuming you had, assuming that you paid each courier, you had two of them, yeah. 25 G's plus 20 to the gate gourmet guys. Plus, uh, the re-up of five kilos is $90,000. That's 18 a kilo. Right. That's $165,000 investment. Right. To get five down there. Right. What, what do you bring back? Okay. So after expenses, you know, like we got to fly these guys over, we're putting yeah. them up in hotels. Sure, we're sure, giving sure. them like a per diem for yeah, the week. Right, you right. Know? <laughs> you, you guys know? are corporate at this point. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we, they're, you know, we want them to have, enjoy their time in America, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and that's how you make it look uh, to anybody legit. that's from, from customs. If yeah. you make it look legit, yeah. Yeah. we want them to have a good time here. Yeah. Uh, not too good of a time. We didn't want them to be partying right. and doing coke right. so that the day they fucking, they're supposed to fly yeah. out, they're paranoid right. and they're all sweating right. and whatever. Right. Um, so yeah. So on my end, I was probably, and then you, you got to figure in out the, the, uh, the exchange rate right. and that. So when I'm converting it to US so you're dollars, doing it, so you're, you're dealing in Australian dollars. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. There, but that's what, interesting. But I got to bring it home yeah. and I, you know, I got to make it, I got to turn it into us dollars right. and depending on the exchange rate after all is said and done, I'll just say a nice round number that I was bringing home per kilo was about $200,000 per kilo. Yeah. Us, us dollars. Oh, this is a, Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. This is not good for me. It's like an alcoholic, uh, hearing about how much fun drinking was makes me want to start a little op. Fuck this podcast. What are yeah. we doing, Brian? <laughs> Holy shit. So you're yeah. mate. So, 
So, you know, yeah, 200. Yeah. So you could make, did you make 400,000? Did you uh, yeah, off of so one run? It, it, it happened. It happened. You know, um, we would uh, break it. You know, we started bringing it in guys, guys that were loyal that carried, you know, more yeah. than once, you know, yeah. we started bringing them in, you know, and out of those five kilos, he might get, he say might keep one. He might be able to keep one. Yeah. You yeah. know, or one and a half, right. you know? So would we that be in lieu of payment? Like instead of getting paid exactly. for the run, just keep exactly. a kilo. Exactly, yeah. You're right. a kilo. Which is actually better for them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, these guys were loyal and they were cool. And we weren't greedy. We weren't yeah. like, you know, like greedy with everything. You know, right. we, we looked after each other. Okay. You know? So this is incredible though. I mean, you so, do yeah. that three times a year. You're, you're millionaires. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Easily. Yes. yes. Okay. So how long does it take you... So now just say you've got, uh, is Australian dollars, are they more expensive than you? No. No, there was what definitely. What was the exchange rate? Uh, so at the time, uh, it, you know, it would fluctuate. At the time, I'd say about one U.S. dollar uh, or one Australian dollar would buy you like 80 cents Australian to you. Gotcha. You're going to lose like 20%. So you're going to lose about 20%. 20%. Gotcha. Okay. So say you had, okay. So say you made a half a million Australian dollars. Uh, yeah, you got 400 yeah. American, 400 yeah, in cash. Roughly. That's a huge amount of money. Right. Yeah. Even in hundreds, I mean, it's going to be hard to change it over for all those hundreds. Right. Right. How, how are you moving that money back to the, uh, yeah. The how are you States. moving it back to the States? Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, this I, is where our drug smuggling gets incredibly dangerous oh, because definitely. you're, you're going to raise definitely. alarm bells everywhere. Definitely. Right? Uh, I, uh, I came up with this on my own. I, I, uh, I would go to these same currency exchanges in Sydney. Okay. So now just to clarify, once the bricks got there, you got on a plane and flew oh, down. Yeah, there. I would fly, fly down there. Okay. And I always called it picking up a backpack because I get like a backpack full of cash. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For I sure. I was like, is my backpack ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I would go down, I would go into the city in Sydney, uh, down the uh, same place, Martin place, in that area. And like I said, there's all these currency exchanges and, uh, I'd go to these currency exchanges and I would buy, uh, uh, instead of getting straight U S dollars, yeah. I was getting U S dollar in travelers checks. Right. Right. So I would buy travelers checks and I would do this over a course of days until all the money was exchanged. Right. And Five grand here, yeah, seven here. Yeah, I never, I never was the guy that walked up with nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. To me, that's a red flag. Of course. Uh, so it was always like you know five, usually around six or seven thousand. Mm -hmm. I would exchange, and then I'd go to this one down here yeah. and I exchange more, and I would turn them into travelers checks. Now the travelers checks, I would you know I would. I would mail those back to myself. Right. I would mail them to my dad's house, actually. Great. Way to get your dad involved. Your he sweet no dad. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sweet dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he would, uh, he'd have no idea, but I would like express mail, like certified. Yeah. Uh, over. How many would you uh, put in uh, an envelope? Oh, there'd be like, oh, you know, $50,000, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I would do it over, uh, I wouldn't mail, like, I wouldn't mail them all in the same day. Of course day, not, you know? yeah. Uh, so, um, so I'd, I'd have the send the traveler's checks. I had the receipts for the traveler's checks. So if they got lost in the mail, I've got, you can got get back. I got you my got get proof, back. Of I, course. Had, it, I had that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, would, I don't know why I never thought of doing that in my days of 
sending drug money or getting drug money sent to me in bulk yeah. across the country. I guess because you still have to put a name to it. You yeah. still have to. Well, they you never know what I mean? asked for ID doing that, just a signature. So right. really, I was putting my right. name on these. You know? This is what's different now, too, is that today, in this day and age, you have to use an ID. Yeah. You even have to use an ID at FedEx now to send out a box. Wow. Which is back in, even in 2010, at my height, when I was dropping four boxes off a week, I never, you could just sign it, you know, using a fake name and, right. and send it off. Right. right. Okay. So you would get money orders sent, uh, you know, piecemeal to your, your father's house in the States. Right. Uh, then what? Uh, you yeah, just do that until it's done. Yeah. And my dad, I remember my dad would be like, Hey Ryan, you got like 10, 10 pieces yeah. of mail sitting here from Australia. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Just put them aside, you know? And I get home and I go fly back and I go straight to my dad's house, grab and, it. Right. And now, okay. So now that, now I've got that and I'm uh cashing it. Um, I'm using the traveler's checks cause you know, they're like in hundred dollar denominations, right. these traveler's checks and I'm using them. I'm using them sometimes for everyday things, buying groceries yeah. and I get the change from it, yeah. you know? And, and then uh, you take that money and put it in the bank. Yeah. And then I'd even go to Vegas and I would go to the cage, you know, yep. in Vegas and I yep. would at, at, at the Rio or the mm -hmm. MGM and I would change like, you know, a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. And I'd hit like all these different yeah. casinos, you know, mm -hmm. never doing it more than, to ever draw attention right. to me, you know? I never got busted for anything to do with money, Okay. Ever. Now, did you think about, like, opening up, like, an LLC or something to where you could, something to where you could actually show receipts and pay taxes on the drug money? That happens all no. the time. No, I believe it. I yeah. never thought that far ahead. Okay, yeah. We I actually taught on this show one time that that's a way to launder money is yeah. by taking drug money, purchasing purchasing things in cash right. under your LLC and then selling it under that right. company. Now you're on the books. Now you right. declare it and you actually pay taxes right. on whatever the, the profits were yeah. on that. See, I but had, you never got that far. No. And you know, and I look back on it now, I had like a golden opportunity to really, I had a great paying job in the studios yeah. and I could have still had, I just, but when I started making all this money doing my thing with Australia, that I, you can't waste your time with yeah, making fifteen hundred a week. Yeah, but that would have been a great way to like you know, I could have saved every single paycheck yeah, for a year. Right, right. And, you know what I mean? Right. And it was would have it wouldn't have been that uh, off the charts for right. me to buy a house. Now, at, what was Wayno doing? Was Wayno at this time? Do you know how much he was making? He was making more than me. He, he was. was definitely making more than me. He was, uh, you know, because he was stepping on it. it was his, it was his plan. You know, it was his uncle yeah, that worked at the right. airport. That and makes it was sense. A, you know, I was like on the American side, yeah. you know, and he, and he was gracious enough to like bring me in on this, you know? Sure. And so uh, he made millions. Definitely. But he got, he, he'd started a family around this time too. So he, uh, you know, he did buy, he did buy a house. Yeah. He did uh, have a family. He, did he get, a, did he get away with the house when everything came crashing down no, or they seized it? No, no, they seized it. Okay. Yeah. So let's, this is where all the fun has to stop. Right. Unfortunately, right. you know, the music stops. Yeah. Um, tell us how that, tell us what happened. Okay. So, you know, during this time, you know, like we were, we were partying pretty hard too. You know, we weren't, we were definitely getting high on our own supply, you yeah. know, but the markup was so huge that we were able to. Doesn't it, matter. Yeah. 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 
there was uh, some guys uh, from uh, Orange County that were doing some dirt in Australia. Mm-hmm. Also surfers? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't really, I, I knew them. I met one of them, you know, a couple of times. Wasn't my buddy. Uh, I, you know, I got nothing bad to say about him. Uh, but he was definitely like, you know, we weren't, you know, I, ne- yeah. I never had the guy's yeah. phone number, yeah. you know, but I knew him, you know, so by now, friends, secrets, friends out, friends. secrets out amongst the, the surfing community. Like the way to make money moving dope is Australia. Oh yeah. It's a gold mine. If you're a surfer and you like yeah. to party and you ever bought a gram of cocaine in Australia, yeah. you, you knew. Fuck yeah. Him, Jesus. Yeah. You Holy know? shit. All I got to do is bring two over here and I'm yeah. rich. Yeah. Okay. So these guys started getting involved and doing, uh, uh, taking cocaine to Australia and, but they were the exact opposite of, mm-hmm. of me with uh, handling their money. They were opening up bank accounts. They were sending money back to the right. States, uh, Western Union. Yeah. And which all red flags. Totally. Total red flags. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys I saw in, in the brief uh, walked into a, a Commonwealth Bank in Australia and opened up a bank account. Walked, just walked in there. He's been in the country two days on a tourist visa and he walks in and he opens up a savings account with like $80,000 cash. Yeah, you'll be fine, right? Yeah, yeah, that won't draw any attention. And then uh, walks, uh, walks back into that same bank two days later and uh, wires that $80,000 cash mm-hmm. uh, back to his like Wells Fargo account yeah. back here in California. Yeah. Like, yeah, and already Interpol and and uh, everybody, all the agencies so, around the world are starting to share information. Yeah, you know this is two thousand three, right? Yeah. So it's, oh no, this is more. This is a few years later. This is what year? Two, this would have probably been like two thousand six, two thousand seven, yeah. I believe. So by this time, governments are already going after money oh, yeah. as a way money as a way to stop drug trafficking. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay. And so these guys are just setting off alarm bells. Yeah, and. They come, they fly back to Australia a few months later. They're already on the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get shaken down at, uh, at the airport. One of them does. And uh, they, they go through his phone and, uh, at customs. And they, they uh, downloaded all the information yeah. off his phone. I saw all this in the brief. Right. I read every bit of the brief yeah. when I eventually got pinched. Yeah. And he... You know, they downloaded everything off the phone, all his text. Just because you delete your text messages on your phone doesn't mean they're deleted. You know? Yeah, they, pro they, tip. That, that yeah, shit saves. There's, it's out there somewhere. So, even with know, like burner phones? Even with like I'm tiny not, little 2007 I, bat phones? I'm not sure, it's, but I know if as long as they got your number and your your phone, whoever your phone carrier is. If it's linked to your name. Yeah, they, they can, can subpoena. They can go to Verizon yeah. and get every number. Yeah. Right, exactly. But they can download, like, they can hook up your phone to their like uh, computer, you know, at, uh, at Sydney Airport. The customs guy can walk away and he can download all the phone numbers, all yeah. the recent calls and all that right yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what they did. They started connecting some dots, seeing, okay, like, uh, you know, I imagine this is probably how it happened. You know, oh, the, this guy's first phone call when he arrives in Australia is always to this number. Right. So, Was okay, it Wayno? Uh, probably. Yeah, you know? there we go. So uh, that's, they, they start connecting dots, yeah. you know? Okay, so this is, they, this, is, this is his first phone call when he arrives. Uh, two days after that, he's opening a bank account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wiring money from Western yeah. Union back to the States yeah. and all this stuff. So they knew. They're putting okay, a case on this guy. There, there's yeah. something fucking going on. 
in 2007, I believe in December, I'd kind of backed away at one point, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I was, I just kind of was just not feeling it mm -hmm. for some reason, you know, uh, and in 2007, uh, you know, Wayne, and I think it was with these guys from Orange County, they did a load minus me. Right. And I wasn't, you know, I just didn't really want anything to do with You just it. didn't want to work with these guys. Yeah, definitely. And they, uh, they, it got, it got pinched. So the cops were watching they, you know, they'd already seen all the, the crazy money transactions, right. knew something was going on. Phones were tapped. There was surveillance and the, a load got busted on the Aussie side, on the Aussie side. Okay. The cops raided the plane before the gate gourmet guys could get on. It. Right. They didn't know the exact, what was going on, but they knew something was going on. You now, know, did they arrest those guys though? They the keys were already in the, the garbage. The, the, they found them in the garbage. Oh, okay. So now they're like, okay, this is fucking, it's an inside job. Right. Yeah. It's cocaine. It's an inside job at, at Sydney airport. Yeah. They found it. Not enough evidence to arrest anybody. Right. But now surveillance is, off the hook. Yeah. It's people are being watched like 24 hours mm -hmm. a day practically. Yeah. So it's a back off time. Yeah. You know, people are backing off. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and a couple of years later, uh, or would say 2008, I'm kind of getting the itch again to get back. You think heat um, might be off because they've, you've taken enough time off to where yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. I think it so might be in the clear. Yeah. We're planning, you know, I'm back with Wayne. I'm talking. We're Did talking. you think about going to a different area? Did you think about driving up to, and flying out of San Francisco? No, it was always a, the, the LA flight was always our one. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter what you guys want to do. It's about what the gate gourmet yeah, people. Well, yeah, which are flight. handling, right? Exactly, exactly. So it was always the LA. Kind of at flight. their mercy. Yeah, yeah. And they, it was definitely because without them, there was no. Yeah, there's no there's operation. And now yeah. you're just like uh, cowboying it through yeah, customs. Exactly. You know? So around 2008, we, you know, I'm getting the itch. I say, Wayne, dude, you know, uh, haven't done this in a while. I want to get back into it. I want to make some money. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, tell me it's red hot down here. You uh -huh. know, the surveillance is on and. Uh, so they went kind of back and forth and this is all the, the cops are listening this whole time. Yeah. And, uh, wow. And your phone is tapped phones tapped. It's tapped on their end. I, the, the, the American authorities that the Australian authorities for some reason never wanted to involve the Americans. Wow. Uh, Lucky for you guys. Yeah. So I wasn't, it was, but when I, when I talked to Wayne on the phone, we were being listened to all right. text messages were being read. Uh, so then, uh, 2009 rolls around and we think the coast is clear. Let's do a test run. We're just going to do one kilo. Okay. Okay. And by the way, is the money from those booming years, is that lasted you to this it's, point well, or what have you that done? That's part for of the reason that I was wanting to get back into it. It's right. starting to dwindle. Yeah, it's starting, sure. to, it's starting to shrink. Yeah. Uh, so I decide to, um, me and Wayne decided to try another one. Let's try one. We're just going to do one with yeah. a little test run. Okay. And uh, this was in September of 2009. You had uh, a courier from Australia come up? Yes, we did. Okay. And we did, uh, it was just one kilo. Uh, this is, uh, um, sent the guy on the plane, mm -hmm. the whole, you know, yep. dropped him up, sent him on the plane. And, uh, 
the next day I, I got a phone or no, I got a text message. Actually, it was a text message from Wayne's sister-in-law. And she said, uh, this is about the time when this plane is landing in yeah, Sydney. Right. And it just said, Ryan, you need to call Melissa now. Melissa's Wayne's wife. Wayne's wife. Okay. And I, when I read that, my heart dropped. Mm -hmm. Cause I know what the, yeah. something's going on. Yeah. This is not good. So I, uh, beelined it for a payphone, called Melissa and she said, Ryan, everybody's been arrested. Everybody. Holy shit. Everybody's been arrested. Did they raid their house? Yes. Wayne's house? Yes, they His did. His family's home. Oh, family's boy. Family's home, ki kids at home, yeah. everything. Uh, and your name's all over the warrant. Yeah. And I'm just like, get Right. I, uh, I said, oh, I don't know why that would be. And I hung up. Yeah. You know? And yeah. went straight home, cleaned out my house, yeah. everything, you know? Uh, and, and I thought that I was going to be arrested at any moment. Right. Uh, I thought that, you know, the DEA, whoever was going to kick in my door mm -hmm. and I was fucked. Right. Little did you know, the DEA had no idea because they weren't they getting fed any intel from no, Australia. None. Wow. None. Yeah. So I, how much time went by? Between then and when I got yeah. busted. And tell us quickly, because uh, we got a wrap soon, what happened? Did they find them with product or what happened to Wayne and everybody in Australia? Wayne got convicted of the 2007 import. Wow. The 2000, they, he actually pled guilty. He didn't go to trial. So this is conspiracy. This sounds yeah, like a Rico because they didn't physically get him with any product. No, no. This is all wiretaps and, wiretaps. and bank accounts. Yeah. It's all, yes. it's, it's like our version of racketeering. Yes. So we got uh, convicted. Uh, con his conviction was conspiracy to import cocaine. Yeah. Dealing well, in the proceeds of crime. Yeah. Few years go by. All the guys at the airport, they got convicted of the same thing: conspiracy yeah. to import. Gotcha. So they got the thing. gourmet, gate, gate gourmet guys. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so now, flash fast forward to 2013. So years have gone by now. What time? What kind of time did he get? Did Wayne, uh, get? Wayne got. Uh, he got sentenced to 16 years, and he served 10. Wow. See, they had him as the the ringleader. The ringleader. Uh, How many bricks did they get him on? Uh, they got him for the, the import in 2007, which I think was five or six. Yeah. And then the second one with just one. And I think they didn't like him too much because he got found not guilty from the original right, one back in like 94, right, right. whenever he that had a was. a pistol charge too. And a pistol charge. Conviction. So they, they yeah. slammed him. They didn't like him. Yeah. They didn't Oof, like that's him. That's brutal. That's a lot of time in Australia. It seems yeah. like, you know, I would assume Australia is kind of like Canada sentences are a little lighter, but yeah. it sounds like they pretty much give you American time. Oh yeah. They definitely, they're, they're Especially trying now. Well, because they, they know, they know how lucrative it yeah. is. So they got to say, you know, they're trying, yeah, to, they're trying to dissuade it, dissuade it. So, um, so fast forward now they've convicted all those guys. Yeah, Everybody's locked up. They're locked up, but now, you're, you're good. You just go back. You just fall back. I fall back. But you know, during that time, I, uh, I started drinking a lot. I, my right. alcohol, I, you know, I, I started drinking way too much and I went to uh, check myself into a treatment center. Mm -hmm. I got out of the treatment center. Now I'm living in a sober living house over in, uh, in the San Fernando Valley. And uh, this is 2013. And always remember this day, May 30th, 2013. And uh, the U.S. federal marshal showed up at the, uh, <laughs> at the, at the sober, sober living, living house. house. Oh, Jesus. You know, I didn't tell anybody, nobody there in that house knew anything about yeah, my life. Right, you know, I right. didn't tell anybody, you know, yeah. uh, they showed up, 
You don't uh, see that every day at a sober no. living home. And now it was at six in the morning. Yeah. They, uh, they came in us federal marshals. Yeah. They arrested me. Uh, and they said that you're, uh, you are uh, being um, extradited to Australia. You, wow. We got a fugitive arrest warrant from the country of Australia. You're going to be ex extradited there for a conspiracy to import cocaine. And as soon as I heard that, I, I was like, oh, I'm in for buckle up. Yeah. Buckle, yeah. Strap exactly. In. So why did it take them so long? Why I did it take that, them four years? Well, I think they were five wanted years because, you know, those guys, uh, I think they, they wanted to see, they wanted to convict all the Australian guys first. Yeah. Um, Cause there was, I, don't know the exact reason, but I'm pretty sure that they, okay, let's see how these are, uh, if we can convict these guys, then we can grab this guy in America. Right. And, uh, so did you think you were home free? I mean, because five years well, is a yeah, long time. It was actually about four years, but yeah, from 2009 to 2013, it was almost four years from the, t from when the pinches went down right. to when they pinched me. Right. Right. It was, uh, so yeah, it was, um, yeah, I thought I was sorry. By that time, I yeah. yeah, I hadn't forgotten about it. I knew my friends were in prison, but I didn't. I was like, maybe I am home free. Maybe yeah. I just just don't ever go back to Australia again, mm -hmm. and you're fine. Yeah. And little did I know, what are you doing for work at this point? Uh, you know, at that mo at that time, I wasn't working. Uh, I was because uh, I was trying to I was trying to change my life at that time. Yeah. I was trying to get sober, you know, and I was I was sober. Yeah. I was you know living a sober living, and I was doing I was working on myself, I yeah. guess. And next thing you know, my life got turned upside Boom. down. I'm yeah. I'm facing the consequences sure. of something I did four years before. Yeah. And uh, I went to um the federal detention center in downtown mm -hmm. LA, MDC. Uh, I sat there for four months. I consented to extradition right yeah. away and it still took four months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Australian authorities came and um, uh, flew over from Australia. Uh, they transferred the uh, U S federal marshals drove me from MDC to LAX yeah. and transferred custody yeah. right there at the airport. Uh, 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 walked up to the Qantas Airlines desk, and there was four uh, Australian federal police there. You're with, in handcuffs. Waiting. Oh yeah. Are you in and, your? Are you, know, you in like the jumpsuit? No, no. They put me. They in put my you street, back in your street, street clothes. clothes. Okay. Yeah, and I was had like a waist chain. Yeah. And uh, I think I, yeah, I had ankle chains on too. That's embarrassing, right? You're uh, around like the pretty oh, yeah. little girls working at the Qantas airline desk. Oh, and uh, you know, and going <laughs> one down, way ticket, please. <laughs> going down there, I thought, okay, this is an extradition. This is a police matter. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a bit more discreet. They literally walked me right through Tom Bradley. It, oh, the terminal shit. at LA, yeah. the international terminal. Yeah. And it was like, people are checking in, they're waiting to go on wow, flights we're all over the crazy. world. Yeah. And people are going, what the yeah. fuck? Who's this guy? Yeah, you skinny. see that. You see that at, in the international airport at the terminal, I, I you know, on my way to Columbia, I'm, I'm in line to get on the plane and they're, they're just a handcuffing probably a couple of mules, right? right from right. Columbia, they swallowed right. and they're just, they don't give a shit. They'll just yeah. march you right out yeah. in front of everybody. So yeah, they, they, uh, transferred custody right yeah. there. And, uh, it was, um, you know, and it was the, the cops, the Australian federal police that came over to extradite me yeah. back to Australia were the same cops that investigated my case. Yeah. Oh, and, so they were they the guys knew me right they away. Knew they, Cause they uh, put Wayno and all those oh, cats yeah. away. And I wow. always remember that with the head guys on the case, his name was, uh, uh, Dale Witters. And he, uh, he looked at me and he had a big smile on his face. He's all, 
He's like, Mr. Winger, it's fine. It's nice to finally meet you. He's uh, like, he's, I've been listening to your phone calls for years. Holy shit. And I yeah. was like, They've oh, like built fuck. a relationship with you and yeah, you don't even know everything it. about wow. me. Like he even knew that, like he even said to me, like, cause at, at around this time, 2011, my father had passed away. And, uh, cause they were still, even after they pinched those guys, they were still listening. I, like Wayne would call me from prison right. once in a while. Yeah. And we would talk in code and yeah. whatever. And wow. so they were still listening then. Yeah. And in 2011, my dad died. And then, so when they transferred custody at the airport, uh, one of the things he said was, Oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your old man dying. Uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, he was a good guy. It yeah. sounds like Wayne really respected your father yeah. as well. You know, so, and I was going, wow, they're still listening even yeah. after the pinches. They were probably trying to see if you were going to make another move. Yeah. I would assume. I assume so. You know? Yeah. Just keep it on. Uh, at least your father didn't have to see you go away. No. And that was know? one thing I was grateful for. My yeah. mother had to go through it. Yeah. My mother drove uh, at the time uh, when I was at MDC here in LA, uh, she drove from, uh, she was living in New Mexico at the time and she was driving out like every two weeks to oh, visit wow. me because she didn't know, like once I went to Australia, how long I'm going to be gone. How long you're going to be gone. Yeah. You don't, you don't fly to Australia for a weekend jail visit. Of course visit, not. Right. You know? So you, you get down there, you told me that they actually give you money, not like in the States where they assign you a lawyer, right? Oh, yeah. They yeah. actually give you money. The government gives you money to go hire your own lawyer down there. Exactly. And that, which was Yeah. It was great. You yeah. know, uh, was, How much did uh, they give you? I believe it was $50,000 Australian dollars. That's a fucking shitload of money, dude. Oh, That's yeah. wild. Yeah, it doesn't go in your jail commissary account. You right, know, it's right, just right. there, you know? And uh, dude, if they did that in America, we'd be in another trillion dollars worth of debt. Oh, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I got a lawyer. Uh, it was uh, it was recommended to me yeah. uh, by somebody, uh, by Wayne, I believe. I yeah. believe he had the lawyer sent over yeah. to see me, and I yeah. liked the guy. He did the best he could for me yeah. in the end. I decided to plead guilty. Of course. Uh, they only had me on the one import with the one kilo. They had me nothing, nothing to do with money. No, they didn't have. How did they not get you on the 2007, the thing that they got Wayne on? Well, that was with those other guys from Orange oh, County. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't have you with a lot of really like. They didn't, dude, I was pretty, an under the radar yeah. guy. Dude. So if it hadn't been for the Orange County guys, you might, you might've had another couple of years in you. I think so. They, they, you know, it was a long flight to Australia yeah. with, on, on the extradition process. And I asked, I, uh, Mr. Dale Witters, the, the, one of the leads on the case, he sat next to me and I asked him, you know, I said, I said, you know what, how did this whole fucking thing start? Mm -hmm. How did this? And he, he just looked at me and he goes, some people just don't know how to handle their money. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I knew. Yeah. So when I got to Australia, I got, I got the brief. Our brief was, uh, it was, uh, it was seven volumes. Each volume was about as thick as a phone book. Wow. Old school phone yeah. books that we don't have With all your conversations. All wow. seven volumes. That's crazy. Seven of those. Yeah. Imagine seven phone books. And yeah. I read every page of that thing yeah. five times yeah. back to front. And, uh, and it really, the whole thing started with the, the money. Yeah. It all started the with, these guys, guys. With, with these guys being yeah. silly with their money. So what did they, so what did you eventually plead to? I pled guilty to uh conspiracy to import cocaine. Yeah. And what uh, was your sentence? Uh, I got sentenced to seven years and I served four. Yeah. All in Australia. Yeah. 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 And that was, uh, you kind of described it to me as, I don't know, not too serious. Um, it, the, 
You mean that j- prison yeah. in, in Australia? Yeah. It was definitely, prison culture in Australia is definitely different than America. We didn't have, or different to West Coast, California yeah. prison culture. Uh, it's not segregated by race. Not segregated yeah. by race. Uh, people do, you know, naturally kind of tend to go to their yeah. own race. Uh, but you, it wasn't like, you can't use that phone. Yeah. You can't use that shower. Yeah. It wasn't like that, yeah. you know. Um, it was... Uh, but, you know, it was a bit more of a, there was a more of a wild west atmosphere yeah. to it where, you know, uh, guys would, could run up in your cell and you wouldn't have like the white boys all backing yeah, you up. That's you know, right. And shit was going to get settled on right. the yard the next day and whatever, you know, it was going to turn into a full scale yard riot, you know. Yeah, there's a lot more chaos when there's not order. Exactly. And that's probably why the prisons in America order themselves that way. Exactly. Is, is to maintain exactly. structure. You yeah. Know? But there was definitely violence going down. It, yeah. it was, uh, it was, but it was all like, you know, debt related yeah. and stuff, you know, and, and I never got into that. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, uh, most of the foreigners that are in prison there are in there for drug trafficking. Of course. There was other of Americans, a lot of Canadians, yeah. South Americans, yeah. but they all wanted, you know, they, people were interested in me, you yeah. know, the Australians, you know, want to know like what, yeah. like, how to end up here. And, and I, I wouldn't say I, like I was popular, but you know, like I was just, people yeah, good, left me alone. You yeah. Know? Good they paperwork. Were, yeah, yeah. I had good paperwork. And that was another thing when I got to Australia prison, they, they didn't check my paperwork. Like, yeah. you know, they do here or anything like that. And I was more than willing to show it. You yeah. know, I had nothing to hide. Um, but it was, uh, people left me alone. They were more interested in knowing, uh, about American culture yeah. and things like that. Yeah. You know, I remember some guys tell, asking me if I ever see Snoop Dogg walking down the street uh, and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I see him all the time. Yeah. Like, he's really? a mentor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just, uh, it was different, you know, cause yeah. I met my primary did that. I living in Australia. My, my whole Australian experience was surfing and this, yeah. now I'm in this Australian prison and I'm meeting people that grew up in bad areas of Australia and, yeah. um, government housing. And, you know, there's this, there's a shape people, Americans have this idea of Australia of kangaroos and lifeguards with white zinc oxide mm-hmm. on their faces and, and the, uh, the, the, the crocodile guy, yeah. whatever. Um, Steve Irwin, that's their idea of Australia, the bros, the tourist yeah. brochures. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, there is a definitely a seedy part of Australia, oh, of you know, there's somebody's got to be poor. Yeah. And there's, you know, and, uh, there's a dark side, you yeah. know, and they, black uh, people like, like aboriginals. Yeah. Aboriginals. Or, I love those guys. They, yeah. I got along good with them. Yeah. Man. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they, they got they, fucked worse than the American Indians. Man, I think they did. According yeah. to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But they were, I got along good with all this. I get yeah. along. I, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I get along with most people, a lot of Asians, yeah. a lot of Asians. They got a big Asian population there. And I got along with those guys. They always had the best spreads, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so when'd you come home? I came home. I was released on May 29th, 2017. And okay. I, I was deported yeah. from Australia. Can you go to, back there? No. Never. They, they told me I could uh, try. I think it was like, uh, I can't remember. I think it was 10 years. They said I could mm. reapply, but the immig- uh, they, they transferred when I was being released the day of release, the department of corrections transferred me from their custody to immigration custody. And I was taking driving straight to the airport. Yeah. And, uh, I, the guy told me, he's like, you know, you can apply to come back to Australia. You got to wait 10 years. 
And uh, and he's all, but I'll be frank with you. He's all, you will never be allowed. They don't that. approve. They, will, they never especially approve. Especially the nature of your charges. Yeah. You will never be allowed mm-hmm. in Australia again, yeah. ever. Yeah, they don't play. They're like Canada in a lot of ways. Like if you got caught doing that in Canada, yeah. they barely let you in if you've had a DUI. I know. I know guys know? have been knocked back for DUIs. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, fuck it. You saw it. You got your fill of Australia. Oh, yeah, I love it. You know, the thing I miss the most about Australia are my friends. You I talk see, to Wayne still? I haven't in a, in a while, but you is know. Is he out though? He must be out. He's out. Okay. He's out. Yeah. Is he staying clean? Uh, yeah, he is. Okay. He is definitely clean. He's uh, he's uh, definitely uh, surfing as much as, yeah. uh, as, you know, like a kid again. And so know? are you. You were and just so in Bali. I. I was just in Bali. Like yeah. I got back three days, four days ago. Yeah. And uh, Bali, Sumatra, living it up. Uh, so you're a lifer. Yeah. You're a, you're a lifetime surfer. Yeah. That's it's never going away. Yeah. That's who you are. Yeah. And definitely I'm, I'm, you know, uh, and I'm doing it, but now I'm doing it clean and sober. Yeah. I've been sober. I had a little relapse when I came home from prison and now I've been sober for almost five years now. And, uh, it, I'm just seeing it like doing these trips, same trips I was doing before, mm-hmm. but I'm just totally doing it with, a, you know, you know, like seeing it through a new set of glasses, yeah. you know, sober, clean, yeah. but still have the mindset of a little kid that like that same little kid that started surfing in Venice beach, you yeah. know, when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. you know, I still have that hunger for the surf. Um, and, uh, the action's just different now. It's just, it's, it's, it's good life. That's I, I, great, I, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Congrats you. on your sobriety and your freedom. Thanks yeah. for coming down here and yeah. blessing us with really, uh, one of the most unique stories we've ever had on the connect. So yeah. thank you again, Ryan winger. And, uh, we'll hang out soon, man. Yeah, for sure. Johnny. Right. Thank Take you. Care. Dude. You got it, brother. Yeah. Thank Peace you. Peace out.